G-Money! Yo! <laughs> you back? Yeah, well, it feels good. Nervous? No. You seem a little... Yeah, Queens, before the show no. started, you had like a little first show jitters or something. Man. No, yeah, I was on the phone <laughs> taking care of business. Like, you be doing... You be taking care of business outside. You be in clubs. Don't be stop trying. blinking, please. I be trying. That's all I was <laughs> Taking care of business out here. That's what we doing? I don't know. You gotta get the wire for that next time, but it's all right. First and foremost, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What's up, man? Good seeing you. Good seeing you. You know what right. I mean? Long exactly. time. I didn't yeah. see you in like two years, probably. Well, it's okay. What? <laughs> no, no. One play year. Play um, you know, we had a new location. Yes. Oh, those you can see. Um, and we want to keep our location secret right now. Yeah. I think, you know, some people are going to... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the, the mics and some of the lighting, they're going to be like, ah, I think I know yeah. where you But, yeah. you know, we here, man. You know, feels good to be back. How's everything been with you since uh, last year? Um, Since our last, you know, <clears throat> hurrah, I flipped the script. Everything been good. I mean, I, you know, I've definitely been uh, busy DJing still. You know what I'm saying? Um, getting a lot of love in the streets. You know, shout out to all the fans, mm -hmm. all the supporters. Mm -hmm. You know, people have been uh, sending me messages on Facebook, on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter. You know, they've been hitting me on YouTube in the comments like, yo, when the show coming back? When the show coming back? You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So, you know, it feels good to be back, man. Uh, a lot of love in the streets. Uh, definitely want to pay homage and shout out to my... My aunt Joyce that passed away last year, Thanksgiving. That's a piece. Uh, aunt Joyce. My grandma just passed away uh, uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago. So, shout out to the 0156 block, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you, you're not a really, um, excuse me, to get, you know, this is what we do, guests, so, okay? Don't worry yourself, all right? <laughs> you, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not really a, uh, you don't come off as emotional. What did your grandmother's death do to you? Because, you know, because you're not, I know how close the family is. Mm. You know, the whole family comes together. Yeah. You know, the parties is both. It's, it's the endless <laughs> thing I see. I love seeing it. You guys are the true definition of you know modern day black family. I feel and I love yeah. it. But what did that do to you? Because you really don't express yourself a lot. Like when you like, what did it do? Because and I was kind of upset at Bass because I'm like, you guys didn't let me know when y'all knew about this, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. I'm not. I'm not good on. I'm not good on words when it comes to. Uh, personal situation like that because I get a little tied up with the word, I ain't gonna lie. So, you know, just to, to speak on it and to keep speaking on it, the words start to get a little bit, you know, and then it start to get, eh, so I try to avoid the emotions emotional. on camera. So you but, don't like being emotional. But both sides, was like you said, like the modern day black family, my Aunt Joyce and my pop side <clears throat> and my mom, um, my grandma was on my mom's side. So we had both sides affected, you know what I'm saying, back mm -hmm. to back. So it was a little, you know what I'm saying, emotional roller coaster. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm just glad they both not suffering anymore, you know what I'm saying? Got so, it. And I, I, I'm going to get some more ink uh, with her name on it soon, so, you know, we'll get right and dedicate to her. Appreciate that. How you been though? What's up, man? You out here, you know, Instagram 24-7? Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> Mr. I mean... Mr. Live, Mr. Instagram Live. I mean, look, listen, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I laugh when people put, you know, us in a box. Mm. But we go to show the diversity, um, you know, went viral again. I went viral again. I was just viral with Ray. I was just viral on my own. I just did it. You know, they just had me on the news. You know, I was in the street holding. I don't know if you saw the snow. There was yeah, on the news with so that. that. So that. Enjoying myself. But, you know, showing that, you know, that we're able to do different things and we're not one-trick ponies, both of us. And when we come together, we form this powerful entity called Flip the Script Podcast. That was good. So, you know, what I've been doing is just working. I've been working and trying to maintain the longevity that I want to keep. I mean, you know, I had to come back here because, you know, money, money was looking a little scared. I thought I could stand on my own, but I had to come back. Yeah, money was looking a little shaky. But you know what I'm saying? But it's good seeing you. You know, we had our guests waiting. 
Um, very patient. Yes. But, um, you know, keep the camera on us. Don't go to the guests because we don't introduce the guests. Let me, we got some new fancy stuff, so let me tell the, mm. the producer. We can keep the camera on us <laughs> until we introduce the guests. All right, brother? I'm joking. <laughs> G-Money! Yo. Episode 200. Nigga, we made it. Jeez. We got a special guest. Man. Be more careful. Well, I don't know if they say that back in the days. Be more. Be more careful. Mm. But Baltimore. Baltimore. Legend. Depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, you know, I read his story and um you know, all these guys are fancy. They go to prison and they, they, they come out new and they teach the youth. And I think that that's important. Facts. And I love it. Inspirational. Facts. Round of applause for my man, Rudy Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. How okay. you doing? I'm good. You got green eyes and stuff. Who do you think you are, man? You like one of them. Ain't no place I'm You're a smooth guy. How you doing, man? Good, good. Welcome, 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 welcome to Flip the Script. How's everything? Good, thank you. You seem you seem real comfortable, man. Laid back, chill. You know what I'm saying? I try to be. Try to. Be. I see. I see. I see uh, you a smooth guy. You was you smooth, aren't you? Be honest with me. I don't know. You don't know. I ask somebody that. Smooth is in the eyes of the beholder. Oh, oh. Chill. Chill, 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 chill. I leave that like that. Chill. Five minutes in the show already. Chill, I leave that like that. Don't give it to him. Chill. That was good. I gotta wait a second. You got some lines on you. Oh, <laughs> you got some lines on you. What's in the water and be more, man? What's in the water? So, real quick, um, you have uh, tell the people who you are, real quick. Just give us a short story before we get into the meat and potatoes of the interview. I'm Rudy Williams from Baltimore. Basically, all my life, still for three months in North Carolina. I come up in the streets. I've been basically to all the schools of higher education, better known as prisons. I recently come home May, May the 12th of 2021. Been home eight months, pretty much. Mm. And I did 31 years for drug conspiracy. Wow. How have things changed for you coming outside? Like seeing how things are now, how has it changed? Like what what has it done to you? You know, you didn't have no it, iPhones back then. Did you even have cell phones when you went in? Yeah, we had cell phones. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, not too many people had them, but you had them. You had the big gray cell phones, or you had this regular flip phone? Which one you had? I had one that you can put in your car. Okay. Take it out. But then I had I like a kind of smaller one. You know. Got you. Okay. And and but you know now there's iPhones. OG. They got iPhones. They got cars called Teslas. They all the stuff that drive by. So I mean, you learned about that in there because you, you you got it. Yeah, I kept up. I kept yeah, of course up. I could tell. Yeah. Ain't nothing passing, Rudy at all. <laughs> Ain't nothing passing, Rudy. But welcome home. What did pass Thank you though? Like what, when you came home, what did you see that was different that, that you didn't learn in, in uh, when you were incarcerated? I know you stay I up to speed, but what's, what's one thing that you was like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, you came home and was like shocked. You saw it. Mm, I don't think, I think, I don't think I was shocked by anything. Mm. I know uh, which was the, one of the plus was that a lot of black people 
were in government positions that they weren't when I was out in the 80s. Mm. Everywhere I went, the motor vehicle department, uh, downtown to the programs, just about everywhere. You know, we have a black mayor, black uh, state's attorney, city council, basically everything black in Baltimore. Mm. Was Baltimore back then, you know, because when you hear about Baltimore, man, it's... it's, it's, it's it's a rough city. Um, beautiful people, you know, I was out there recently, but they don't play in Baltimore. Was it always like that? Did it always have this sort of, should I say cloud over it? Did it always have that type of energy? Or back then it was different? It was serious back then. It was serious. Back then they wouldn't kill you for anything. Nowadays they'll kill you for anything. For the murder rate, it's pretty much the same. They make out like it's way worse because you have a black mayor. You know, they want him to answer to the murders. But it was 340 back then. It's about 340 now. Wow. So nothing, you know, uh, was like the homes, the families, was people more together out there or it was just like? Yeah, people's more together. Got it. People's more together. It was about money. Back in the 80s, you didn't beef for nothing, you know, because somebody uh, stepped on your foot. You know. mm. didn't start a war for that. You know. mm. They started a war, it was for territory, you know, mm. for money. But now, with the social media and the magazines and gangster rap, they'll kill you for anything. They'll kill you to be famous now. Mm. It's an identity now. Mm. They kill it for nothing. It's a fact. Do you think, um, you know, I know out here in New York, I'm not saying it's a difference, but I know not, because I live out here, I know how the streets are a little different now. Like back in the days in the streets in New York, people respected the elders and things like that, you know, and then nowadays it's like this chaos. It's like that in B-more too? Do you feel like back then it was more respect, you know, people? More respect, more love and respect. Right. right. Kind of the same thing now, pretty much. So let's get down to the, you know, fashion, flip the script. Let's get back, let's get back to it. So we're going to go back one time, man. Take us to, take us to Rudy when, you know, you was growing up, man. So you born and raised in, in, in Baltimore. No, I was born in North Carolina. My family moved up here when I was three months old. Okay. And Baltimore's all I know. <laughs> Got you. So tell us about your childhood, um, your household. What was that like growing up in, in Baltimore? It was a lot of us. We lived in East Baltimore originally, and it was sort of like integrated, poor. It was whites, blacks, few uh, natives. Mm -hmm. And uh, we played the, all the little games that all the kids played. We didn't know we was poor. It was during the time, uh, it was still pretty much segregated. Mm -hmm. Even though we all lived in the same neighborhood, they, the natives stayed to themselves, blacks stayed to themselves, the whites stayed to themselves. So you yeah. you dealt with racism growing up in that, in that time? I wasn't aware of racism. I wasn't aware. 
in retrospect, when I got a little older, I look back, I could see the racism. Mm. But at the time, I wasn't aware of the racism. I think I became aware of it in, uh, what, 68, when they had the ride right after Martin Luther King got killed. Right. And I still really wasn't aware of it. You know, we was riding and all. Riding, it was just a free, free for all, you know. Mm. It's like uh, the purge, you know, you take what you want, you know. Mm. Busted window. Mm. I didn't really know the political reason for it at the time. You know, it just looked like a lot of fun to me. You know, you get to get. He was riding and stuff. You get to take what you want. You know. Right. But talking about the time that you that you recall where you first, I guess, uh, experienced racism yourself, growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me go back a little bit. When we was around 11, 12, we used to go in the white people neighborhood because mm-hmm. the white boys had all the bicycles and the watches and stuff. And then they had the good stores, you know, department stores. Right. So we used to go up there, you know, and take what we want, you know. And a lot well, of what time. What take what you want? You, you we stealing. We were still sneaking the houses and the offices and whatever. Mm. We would get the newspapers out the store. Newspaper, they used to have a stand, like right. You had to put a quarter in there to get a newspaper. Remember those, yeah. And we would come up, and a lot of times when the paper truck come around, they had the papers in the uh, in a pack with with wire wrapped around. They would leave the wire on the ground. We take the wire, and stick it in the thing like that, and open it up and take all the papers. Stand on the bus stop, you know, wait for the bus. If you were the paper boy, you could ride free as long as you were selling papers. So we would walk up and down, sell a couple of papers, and wait for a while. The bus driver and parents would sit down, ride out in the white neighborhood, and go in the stores and offices and take what we wanted. Mm. We come back, we load it up with all kinds of booty. But a lot of times when we walk through the white neighborhoods, we would walk right into a pack of white boys about our ages and all. More of them than us, might be five or six of us at times, and they would attack us. Nigga, 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 you know, get them niggas, you know. Wow. And we'd be fighting and running at the time. <laughs> they throw rocks at us. We had slingshots, they had BB guns. <laughs> <laughs> Same way now, you know, we got 38s and Glocks, and they got Uzis, and they always had the bigger weapons. Man. So, like, tell us about the home. How many siblings did you have? It was four, four boys and four girls. I was the third from the oldest. Two older sisters, and um, what did but what did moms do? Like, what was actually like what was she doing? Moms did like, I think I remember her working in a in a laundry, big laundry. They did like hotel sheets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. restaurants. And uh, the father, he drove the truck, worked on the trucks, unloaded. It. Pretty much had a third grade education. Mm. Pops, yeah. And his license was revoked a hundred times. He was driving illegally and for years. I 
think after 30 years, they caught up with him. They was tired of playing with him and all. And they gave him six months. And at that time, I was in the, uh, the Maryland Penn. He came through there. Everybody that went through the system had to come through there. So he came through there, and I was older then. I got the time to really get to know him. Because when I was younger, you know, I didn't want no relationship with him. He was a tyrant, and he was an oppressor. You know. Dad? Yeah, I couldn't relate to him when I was younger. You know. but what do you mean? I'm, I'm happy you said, what, what do you mean that he was an oppressor? Like, was he a strict? Was he a strict yeah, he parent? Yeah, strict, yeah. He was strict. So why do you equate uh, being strict with being, you know, dealing with oppression? Because he had the iron hand. <laughs> Got it. Heavy handed, you know. At times, later on, I thought about it. I was like, because my father was a little brown. Well, he may be a little darker than you. Mm -hmm. And me being light, green eyes. And I thought that my father was like thinking that maybe I wasn't his son, you know. But then I thought about it a little bit more along and the features and all. I was like, no, nah, that's not it, you know. Then I thought a little more, you know. I thought about it, it was like I was the oldest boy. My father, my mother, whenever they get into it, my mother used to uh, throw me up in the face. See, this this my man right here. This is my son. When he get older, he going to beat your ass, you know. <laughs> and he took it serious after I got a little... Especially like when I got in my teens, you know. And he took it serious. We was like rivals, you know. In the house? Yeah. So when you were younger growing up, do you have, before you spoke to him or saw him in prison, when you were younger, did you share any positive moments or good moments with Pops? Yeah, a lot of moments. When I was little, I remember us going to the park, the family. Back then, that was before people who had TVs could afford TVs. Mm. They were black and white, even telephones. And for entertainment, on Sundays, all the families went to church. The preacher was the entertainment. And after church, we all went out to the park, you know. People bought food and all that. The families stuck together back then. And then we might uh, go over one person's house and play music. People dance. They gave their contests. The best winner maybe won a dollar or something like that. A dollar was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. But with my father, my mother, like, she bestowed on me respect that she that he wanted. And that was to get back at him. She didn't know it, you know. But that caused tension between us, and he bigger than me and all that. He wasn't, you know, anybody accused me of something, you know, he didn't even want to hear my side of the story. He just, you know, but that wow. toughened me up, though, you know. That toughened me up because I was, I was basically, after I got like 12, 13 years old, I'm just like, you know, he, he can hit me or whatever. I didn't fight him back, but I would just look at him like, man, I'm not scared of you. You can't do nothing to me. And after a while, he understood, you know, that I was a man, and he just he just stopped. When I was 13 years old, he stopped putting his hands on me. Hmm. 
So, so hearing your story, right? Um, I heard a lot. I watched a lot of different videos, and every video they say you were a good kid, smart in school in the beginning. So do you do you feel like um, the stuff between your dad kind of caused you to go the, the other direction? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I feel like a lack of a lack of uh, opportunities and uh, resources mm, what okay. made me go to that. Gotcha. Yeah, because. We seen other little kids with things, you know, that we didn't have, that we, we wanted, that all children wanted, you know, bicycles and things like that, nice clothes and toys and all. And we didn't have it, so when we got a chance to get it, we got it, whether we stole it, took it, or whatever. Mm. But do you think that with Pops, though, like it going the way it went, you said that he was able to teach you, or not teach you, or made you feel like nothing is affecting me anymore. Do you think that thought in your mental caused you to have, uh, to go out there and, and get what you want? Because a lot of times, and what I say is this, you describe the situation as being oppressed and feeling that way, right? And a lot of times we hear, I don't know if that's your story, that people, when they have problems in the home or father's not there, whatever issues, they tend to relate to the street more. So you said that you wasn't able to relate to him, you know, when you were younger. Do you think that played a role with not relating? Like, and, and, and in my opinion, does it, do you attribute it to lack of respect? Did you have lack of respect because he was so aggressive and stuff like that? Did you not respect him at the time in the house? And having that, did it lead you to look for, you know, that type of, respect or compassion in the streets, or it wasn't like that? You just felt like? I think at that age, he wanted to be free. You know? Got it. <laughs> I wanted to be free, and he wanted, you know, I, any he represented authority, you know. Authority yeah. is like a restraint on you, you know. At fact. that age, you want to run wild. You want to do what you want to do. You want to be older. You want the same rights that older people. You just want to smoke <laughs> cigarettes, have right. sex with the little girls, Facts. you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, and you want it, you know, at that age. You know. And then he, he compared with Pops was just, he ain't, you know, I got yeah. it. I put it together. Yeah. I put it together. Before we, you know, I'm going to jump real quick and then I'm going to come back. Um, when you saw him in prison, right, because you said that they caught up to him. He was with a suspended license, with a suspended right, all the time. He, they caught up to the game, what, six months? Six months, yeah. And you chopped it up with him. What was that like? What was that situation like with you and Pops when you had talked to him in prison? Like, how did that, what did that do to the relationship and understanding him? I think that was, it was great, you know, because the time, I, even though I was in prison, right, you know, I read a lot of books, social, sociology, sociology, uh, psychology, mm -hmm. history, politics. It's about any subject you can find in a book. I read it. And I understood it, and it helped me, the context, it helped me put things in perspective. Mm. Right? I knew my father didn't have the education, right, to build a relationship that, so I took the initiative to build a relationship with him. You know, and he didn't really know what it was like. You know, he didn't know, I had been in there for years, and he didn't know how it was for me. And he, he seldom came, you know. My mother, my sister, he's, my, 
they used to bring my brothers too all the time. But my father, he rarely came to see me. So he didn't know what it was like, you know. So he asked me questions like, you all right? Nobody bothering you. I mean, laughable questions. You know, not. I'm like, I'm all right, you know. You sure? And I'm saying in my mind, he really don't know, you know. Because back then, you know, it was like the respect levels off the hook. I could hold my own, you know, among men, you know. I heard that. But he didn't know that, though. You know? He didn't know that. No, he didn't know that. But you guys build, though. You guys yeah, build. And you was you were talking yeah. and, and stuff like that. And right. I was over to him. Up until that time, I was always like, I was always, you know, I didn't want to You didn't want to yeah. speak. Got you. Yeah. And then, but, you know, that's that's really a, a, a something unique, and I'll tell you why. Like, to, did you guys get an understanding? Did you ever, now, did you take that opportunity to express how you felt like Pops, you did this and that, or you just no, started new? No, we never even new. talked about it. We just started new. We didn't even talk about so it. So what was understood never needed to be said. Yeah, you, we was really close when he passed in uh, 87. He was like 57. And I said, look at him. He used to be like he's the old man because he really, he really didn't have no role models or anything, you know. He felt like he just, he just fell right into the expected, you know. Yeah, got it. But we was close. I came home. I started getting a little money. And I had vehicles, and I gave him cars. And and I had a bell bar business. He just come up there, you know, and basically, like, what you want me to do, you know? So I just sent him up my mother's house because my mother called, and they, they not together no more. My mother's doing pretty good, you know, better than she was back then. She got a new car, new house, and all. So my mom would be like, send him up here, send him up here, you know. So he'll go up there, you know, even though he knows she's gonna she gonna abuse him. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. He's he he loved her now more than he did when he they was together. Of course. Know? So he want any excuse to go up my mother's house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to see it. And, and when he comes up, my mother want him to see the new car, the house, the, the grass and all. What he missed. Yeah. And then she give him orders, like, you know. Take the take them trash cans out and, and put them in the front so the trash man can get them and stuff like that. He did it. He and he loved doing it too, you know. I mean, you yeah. know, because sometimes, yeah. you know, probably in retrospect, he's like, yo, I messed up. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I you know, I lost. Yeah. yeah. You know, that happened, you know, that happened, OG. We, you know, we all mm -hmm. realized something. That's what Pops probably had, you know, reality. Mama yeah. Love was up. She had the grass, she had the cars, yeah. the crib, and he came up there, but he, but he enjoyed it. He didn't. He was probably appreciative that she was allowing him to yeah. even come back up there. He wanted to get back with her, but she didn't want to get back with her. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how women hold grudges. They like do, you know. yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know how I go. You know how I go, G. So, oh, pardon me, G. So, so let's, let's go back. So... Now it was all of y'all. Did you get along with your siblings, brothers and sisters? Did you yeah, get along? Yeah. So y'all all was close. We was close. And and at the time, um, we rarely fought. You know. You rarely fought. Rarely fought. I can't remember. And then when yeah. was the time? First of all, how was school? Or what was school like for all you guys? I basically didn't go to school. <laughs> I didn't go. I mean, I started hooking school around. Eight or nine years old. 
Yeah, I would hope. I would <laughs> hope like one day out of a month, and then I'll hope one day out of a week. Then Where you I'll go? Hope, and then I'll go one day out of a week, you know. And then when they send the report cards, and they be like, "Man, <laughs> he attended school like thirty nine days out of three hundred sixty. What are you doing at eight or nine years old that you hooking like? Are you going to buy candy or something? Like, where are you going? Oh no, I'm out in the street doing it. I'm being all I can be. <laughs> <laughs> at eight nine years old. Yeah, we hopping buses. Oh my god, newspapers and stuff. We, yeah, we, we robbing soda trucks. We, soda truck pull up, stop at the store. The man go in. For five minutes, he come out, his truck is naked. <laughs> we took everything. We moved swift. You just move on bikes? Yeah, y'all wasn't driving the eight no, a lot of times. Come on, G, come on, G, come on, stop it. Yeah. We had wagons to be in our neighborhood. Okay, the wagon. We had bikes, too. You know, when I was like, I think maybe eight years old, I I'm, I'm probably had like seven, eight bikes. No. I'm just trying to picture that. My son is eight, so I'm trying to picture him like going, leaving school and like <laughs> taking stuff from the store or newspaper. You know what I'm saying? Well, now yeah. a different time, but I'm trying to think of like just you know what I'm saying. That's small. I think back in those days, though, you know, there were a lot of people. You know, like you said, uh, it was different, right? Yeah. There's no social media. We wasn't watching. Social media. There's no cameras yeah, everywhere. No cameras. Yeah, so. yeah, and it was different, man. You know, boredom and uh, and and lack of opportunities. Can, resources yeah. and lack of resources can lead to you causing mischiefs, and especially the world was just different back then. G, mm. I mean, you got kids cooking young, like <laughs> six years old, five years old. They cooking full course meals. Yeah, yeah. One thing about <laughs> it too, it was like you rarely seen it somebody with a gun. Mm. Everybody owned guns nowadays. Back then, yeah, these right here. Yeah, if you seen somebody with a gun, they'd be like, "Oh, he got a gun! He got a gun!" Down, yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was a, a special person or something like that. Mm. What? What? Give us the first time. So you was in the street. You was you was selling and doing things, meaning like the newspapers and stuff. But when did you get your hands on becoming in the streets? Like as far as you know, drugs and stuff. Was that when you got older? Yeah, I was old. I mean, I was. We used to rob uh, when I was like 16, 17 years old. I used to hang out with some older dudes, with like 27, 28, 30. And they were stick up boys. A lot of them was using drugs. So that's how they got their drugs. They were robbing drug dealers. Back then, the stick up boys had the upper hand because they was like bandits, roving gangs, you know. And. Dope deals was like, you know, a mom and pop. Maybe one, two outfit. One dude stand on the corner, collect the money. The other one go get the drugs and bring them back, you know. So they was vulnerable, you know. And so the old heads used to get me to uh, get the up on the dudes because they was well known, you know. People see their faces, they would run before they can get to everyone. So I was new face, younger than them. And so they would send me down there, you know, and uh, act like I'm gonna buy some dope and pull the gun on them and then they'll come out. You think know? mm. that they took advantage of like, cause you 16 to 27 year olds, you think they took advantage of your mom? Like, 
manipulated? Were you manipulated? Do you feel like you were manipulated? No. You wanted no. to do that. Right. I was, I was like, for my time, I was older, you know. Mentally. Yeah. And I wasn't using drugs. They were using drugs. Got so it. My cut, other drugs, I would take them and save them and sell them. You know. Then I realized how the money was easy and all that. I stopped robbing people, and I started. But what I interrupted my career was, and this was in the uh, 70s, that I caught a, a manslaughter charge. It was homicide, then they broke down to manslaughter. And they, what I get, five years? Yeah, five years. It was a homicide broken down to a manslaughter. Right. So, and what, how old were you at this time? 17. 17. Um, now, I want to see how to word this because, you know, the people tend to attack Queens Flip and, I, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> should I, you know, should I go, oh, Queens Flip or should, you know, I'm just trying to. You know, I mean, new, the accent so they, they can no, take no, it. No, 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 no money, new money, new stuff. Let them not attack me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ask any questions. No, 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 no. I'm not asking. Answer, but, no. You know, me and G Money, man, it's just, I always get attacked on the internet because they think that I'm trying to glorify some nonsense. But no, what happened? <laughs> what happened? What, what, what led to that? What, what yeah, happened was, at that uh, time? Transaction. Transaction. Transaction, yeah. And guns would pull out, you know, and number kids about my age end up dead. You know. Got it. And uh, not my backyard, but he fell into the next backyard. Mm. So, being through, I was on my turf, you know, and it looked like, you know, you automatically, you know, he's out of he's out of bounds, so he automatically wrong, you know. Back then. System, he was just a statistics to the system. You know, the lawyer and all that. It was just a business as usual. Mm. That was your first situation? What, for homicide? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the first one. Do you, now at the time, I mean, you were, you were 17 years old. Um, Transaction going wrong. Weapons were pulled out. You came out, and you know. But do you feel like? Do you ever think about these things? Oh, you had time to think about it when you yeah, were. Yeah, I thought about it. Did you ever uh, come? Like, did you ever come to grips and understand? Like, ex take accountability for the role you play, or was it like? You had no choice because it's either me or them. Now, I thought about that. He was a young young man. Respect. They didn't have to go down like that. But it basically was like a reflected action. A lot of things we do out on the street is basically reflected. We don't put no whole lot of thought in it. That's a fact. We just do them, you know. That's a fact. Man, Rudy, man, yeah. <laughs> he told like he smooth guy. So, so that happened, right? Now, you said it a couple of minutes ago that when you were involved in the streets, and you know, 
we was with stick up kids. They robbed the drug, you know, stick up not kids because they were adults. They robbed people. Your portion of the drugs, you'll sell it. You realize that drugs did better than robbing people, so you went that route. Right. Now you're going that route, and how did you become more involved in it? You know what I mean? Like, how did you upgrade from doing that, like robbing for work, to actually purchasing big work, or did you rob for? Did you have a come up? No, I went away for eleven years, almost. Damn, what? Almost eleven years at seventeen. When I come home, I'm like. 27, late 27. You went away for the for the for the mm. for the for the joint. Right. I only got five years, but when I got in, you know, uh, it's like a jungle, you know, in the jungle, the law of jungle. Oh, gee, so ask me yeah. if I know, Rudy. Kill. I don't know. I don't know. You Kill. tell, tell me, tell me. Kill. You know. No, 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 no. You tell me. Yeah. What happened in prison? Why you got more time? Yeah, I got. Uh, I got ten years. Ten years for. Temp murder on another prisoner. And then they sent me to another spot within a year. When I got down there, it was an incident. Let me tell you briefly about the incident. Please. Uh, it was some revolutionary brothers down there. Okay. You know, and I was drawn to that. Prior to meeting them, I was reading about the revolution and this and that slavery and all the stuff we went through. They put us through all the way back to slavery. And of course, I was pissed off, you know, about that. So one night, on the day we were supposed to get sheets, we turned in sheets, and they was late with the sheets. So they talking about locking in, and we still don't have our sheets. So everybody's like, nah, we ain't going in until you give us our sheets. Mm -hmm. Don't go in, you know. Say, all right, we're not going in, you know. So it started out with maybe 30 of us. So the officer called the goon squad. They run up on the tier. They got sticks, all kinds of stuff, you know. Getting themselves and all that. Getting themselves now. Where are sheets at? Just get your ass in themselves and shit, you know. Mm. Don't worry about that, you know. So... Everybody start peeling off. Well, you know what? I'm the oldest one out there. I'm not getting in the cell. I already took my stand. You know? mm -hmm. I ain't tucking my tail. So I'm the oldest one out there. They rushed me. They rushed me, pushed me down on the floor, dragged me off the tier, took me down, lock up. Once they get me down there, they started hitting me with the handcuffs. Fortunately, I had a bush back there. <laughs> You know, so they didn't bust my head, you know. And they really couldn't get me because we was in a little, like, a little, like, uh, area when they take your lock. It's mm. real small, you know. And they was big, you know, so they couldn't do no damage, you know. Right. Then they take me in a cell and put me in a cell the same night. About an hour later, I see a shadow. I'm looking down. I'm sitting on the bed with my head. You know, I'm thinking, like, you know. I got to get these guys, you know. I got to get them, you know. So uh, I see a shadow walks up in front of my cell. I look up. It's a big deputy dog looking white <laughs> lieutenant right? named Shoemaker. I look up. He said, uh, you see that? 
See, that's what happened when you uh you, you uh refuse an order in my jail and all. Mm. See, that's what gonna happen, you know. Don't you don't refuse no order, my jail. I'm looking at him like before that I ain't know who I was gonna get. Now I know who I'm gonna get, you know. Say, all right. So uh they gave me fifteen days, fifteen days up. They come and get me, take me out to the population, got the hall where they store your stuff at while you're in the hole. Take me in there and they was like, get your stuff, right? And I said, no, nah, I don't need it. He said, you don't need it, you go in the population, get your stuff. I said, I don't need it. He was like, look, you're gonna need your stuff while in population, what you gonna do? I said, you gonna leave it? And they got tired and they was like, well, all right, just leave it in there. And they took, took me and put me back up where I was at. You know? See the black guys was like, I need a knife. You know? Oh man, let that go, man. Get him on the street, you know. I'm not trying to hear that. When I get out of the street, I'm gonna forget all about him. Mm -hmm. I get back out there, I'm running wild now. No, I'm gonna get him right now, you know. Cause I felt like nobody doing nothing to me and getting away with it. You know? So they wouldn't give me a knife. So I go to white boys. Some of them was pagans and motorcycle riders and shit. I need a knife. You got a knife? They said, yeah, what size you want? You know? I said, something, something not too big. I need to hide it. <laughs> so they gave me a knife. Box. And so that night, when we go to the dining room, right, for the evening meal, mm -hmm. I go to the dining room. As soon as I walk in there, I look. I see him in the middle of the floor directing traffic, shoemaker. So I said, mm-hmm. I got the knife down there. So we get, I get all the way up to where I get my food. You got a tray, a metal tray. So I get the, I get the tray, I pull the knife, put it under there, under the tray. And you don't sit anywhere. Back then, you don't sit anywhere you want to sit. They direct you. As you come off the line, sit here, sit. You fill up a table, then you fill up another table. So, all right, I come off the line, right? There's a couple guys in front of me, sit here, sit there. Now, it's my turn, you know. He said, sit there. Why? I'm still walking towards him. He said, sit there, sit there, you know, and walk towards him. Then when I get close up on him, he looked at me. I guess he, a flash of memory, you know. It was too late to run it. So I slapped him in his face with the tray. He tried to run, run behind him, stabbed him. He slipped down. I was on top of him. But the only thing that stopped me was I seen the guards from the, you know, stop it, stop it, you know. And I seen them coming, right? So I jumped up, you know, turned towards them with the knife. I was like, come on, you know. It was like, put it down, put it down, put the knife down. I was like, no, nah, come on. I told you motherfuckers, don't put your hands on me. <laughs> so like, they was like, put the knife down. You Put the knife. I said, I'm going to put it down, but you put your hands on me, I'm going to get you. They was like, we ain't going to do nothing to you. They took me to the home, then they put the handcuffs on me. They was trying to get me out the dining room so fast, right? Yeah. You ain't get nothing happened to you from them? Yeah, I got uh, charged with that. Now they got charged, but they didn't beat you up? No, when I got back, no, they didn't beat me up, no. Shoemaker. They was apologizing to me the whole time. They was like, what'd he do to you? What'd he do to you? <laughs> That's crazy. So, 
I forgot what you even asked him. That, that, nah, nah, that, nah, that nah, nah. the question? Okay. I mean, yeah, it did. It did. Okay, okay. So, so that got you more time. It got me, what, three years or something like that. Okay, because Shoemaker's... I represented myself on that. I was in the hole for like three years on that. And I, they told me to court. I didn't trust the system. You know, I got 10 years in the other place for attempt murder on a dude. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a lawyer. He sent me a lawyer, public friend. My people was like, I asked them to get me a lawyer. They was like, no, we, we, we bankrupt. You bankrupt us. We just got you off this. Got you, we, you know, you're going to have to go with a public friend in this time. We don't, we don't have it no more. You know? I took the public defender. He came see me, right? And he gave me, th- when we shook hands, he gave me three fingers. I didn't know what it mean at the time. Right? Gave me three fingers. Later on, I found out what it mean. It was a racist. It's racist? Yeah, it was a racist. Hagerstown. The Maryland... Real racist back then, you know. And so um, I found out what the three fingers mean, meaning go back to where we were three-fifths of a human being, three-fifths of a man. You know. That was a legal wow. Supreme Court opinion. He basically uh, went through the motions with me. Oh. Now I ended up with 10 years. And I started out with five years. So, so hold on, hold on. Why, why did you put hands on the guy in the prison, man? The, the, not, not Shoemaker, the guy before that that got you a tenure. What happened? Oh, that was when I got up to Hagerstown. After five years, end up in Hagerstown. It's like young boys up there. A lot of youngers. Everybody vibing for reputation. And, and uh, it's about who, who's the best nigga and all that, right? And I'm new back up there, even though I knew a lot of people, because we had parallel careers from the juvenile places up into the adult places. So we are men, men, old friend. We walking in the day room, talking. He bringing me up to date on what's up and who's who in the joint. And, uh, so while we walking. Like a couple other guys from downtown, the Murphy Home, the projects, right? They think they the toughest dudes, you know, in the joint. So we walking up and down, and they walking towards us. I go to move out the way, this dude walk right in into me, right? So I go back to him, I said, You realize he bumped me just now? He said, Yeah, I know, so what? I said, yeah. I said, bump me again. You know? So we kept, we walked, walked back down. He bumped me again. You know, so everybody in the in the day room got knives somewhere. You know, they ain't got them on them. They got them taped under the, the, the benches or hid behind the TV or something. You know, so my man had a knife, and that homeboy had a knife and all. So we went straight at him. You know, we went straight at him, and I ended up, you know. The dude was a stand-up soldier, though. You know, he didn't testify. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to beat this. They ain't got no witness. And uh, I go to court, and the guard stepped up, said he's seen the whole thing. I'm thinking, you can't press no charge if the dude ain't press no charge. But they pressed charges. The state took it up. The guard came in the court. 
said, yeah, I seen the whole thing. You know. He played it play by play, yeah. the whole walk, yeah. bump, the walk, bump again. Yeah, and it was a, a judge. Everybody was racist in Hagerstown. In the jail, he'll call you a nigga in a minute. Really? Yeah, they call you a nigga like it's uh, everyday uh, uh, conversation. The police? Yeah. Hmm. Real racism. They out and out racist. This is a different type of racism than the feds. The feds is not in your face racism. It's more deadly though, you know. It's more deadly than because they work hand in glove with the white inmates. Mm -hmm. They want you dead. They will give them knives or whatever, you know. And they would uh, they would assign you to a block where it's only white boys in. You know? It's deadly in the feds. The racism and it's just beat up, you know, and fights in the state, but in the feds, it's murdered. So, five years for the murder, manslaughter. Right. You cashed everybody out. I mean, they had to get you, whoever they paid, manslaughter. Right. Go up there, you do the bumping thing, bong, bong, bump. Ten years. Ten years. It runs concurrent? Yeah, concurrent. Yeah. Not concurrent, consecutive. Consecutive. On top of each other. Tell me, sorry. Thank you Okay, so now I got 15 years. 15, okay. <laughs> now, then you go, you put hands, and you poke up Shoemaker. Right. Okay. You know, with three years for that. Three years I for represent that. myself in the court, because I didn't trust no lawyers after the, the three-finger thing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was ignorant then. I was like, I'm never gonna be ignorant again, like never. So then, never that, gonna, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, finish. I'm never gonna be ignorant again. I'm gonna have knowledge like an equalizer, you know. Any situation, I want to have the same knowledge as you if I can. I want more knowledge you, than yeah. you have. If I can, I want to at least have the same knowledge that you have. That way, if you shoot me some bullshit, I know it. You know? <laughs> All right. Three fingers, you represent yourself. Three years. So now where we at right now is we at um, uh, 18 years, it seemed like to me. Right? 18 years, yeah. Yeah. So, but you did 11. I did 11 more than you. Yeah. All right. And there was no more after that. That was the last, Shoemaker was the last one. You got charged. Yeah, Shoemaker. What happened is, uh, yeah, I got caught on that one. That wasn't the last one, right? But, uh, <laughs> That's why you got caught. Chill, chill, chill. Now I got wising up, right? Yeah, yeah, because you know I can tell. I, I can tell. I was more, you know, calculated. Back then, it was just like on and popping. Reckless, yeah. Yeah, you, as soon as immediately, you know. But uh, Do you think it's because you were light-skinned with green eyes that you were picked on? Or they tried to pick on you because you wasn't picked on because you put work in but do you think they try to bother you because you was light skinned? You know, black power. Because I was, was small. Uh, not, I don't know about the light skin and green eyes, but because I was small, I really wasn't picked on. You know, and then I had a little reputation from everybody know you from Boys Village to got it. Fit the color and city jail juveniles. Got it. The streets too. You know, so no, it was just a rivalry thing. You know. Got you. Because they said that yeah, you know. You know, they, they make joke about light-skinned people. You know what I mean? They, these days, yeah, growing up, yeah. they make jokes. I don't know if it was like that back in the days. It was, it was. Okay. But Especially you were, you were, the you neighborhood I was from, Park Heights. Mm -hmm. Back then, in the 60s, it was like a better neighborhood. You know? 
Got it. The family doing a little good, they moved to Park Heights because mm. they had porches and the trees <clears throat> and all. Still free white people, you know, in the neighborhood, you know. And it was known for pretty boys, dressers, and the players, you know. Wasn't no gangsters up there, you know. And what category you was in? <laughs> At that time? All of them. At that time, I, I really wasn't, uh, I was known from East Baltimore, right? I was pretty much known for East Baltimore. If people knew me, they knew me from East Baltimore. Well, you're talking about what categories, like you said, you said What category dress. was I in? You said dress, pretty boy. You know what you said. You know what you said. I was the dresser. Yeah, yeah, of course you were a smooth guy. I like this guy. Dudes would go over to jail from Park Heights. And somebody asked them where they were from, they would not say Park Heights. Because Park Heights didn't get no respect. Then that you could name a known gangster, you know, like certain areas, say like, say like Harlem, you know. Everybody know who the gangsters it's like it's Underwood and Crazo and all them, and uh, so they would be like, name a gangster from Park Heights, and nobody could name one, you know. I was young, and this shit ain't mean nothing to me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So, but one thing about if you touch one of my homies from Park Heights now, I'm living up Park Heights. I'm from Park Heights. Mm -hmm. you touch one of my homies, we going to war. You know? Put hands on them. Yeah, we going to war up in there. So we had wars up in there. Now Park Heights is the worst neighborhood in the city, y'all. Really? Yeah. The neighborhood that and you they got the reputations. That's where all the Bad guys come out. Park Heights. Yeah. So, so speaking of reputation, yeah, you know, I wanted to know, like, at what moment did you you feel like you got that respect from from your from your hood? Like, at what age or what moment something happened? You was like, yeah, this, you know, I'm that guy out there. Oh, I was seven, eight years old when kids used to come to my friends and all. They get in a fight and all that, you know, and uh, they would run to me, you know. Mm. And at that time, you you don't really uh, death ain't real to you, you know. Right. It's just like watching the movies and all that. You know, you you're really in the movies at that age. You know? You're looking for something larger than you. Adventure, you know. Right. So as far back as I can remember, you know, that uh, we would go in other neighborhoods and be attacked and all that. And we would fight, you know. And they knew that I wasn't gonna run, you know. I'm not leaving you there, you know. If the 30 dudes attack us and all, if you don't run, I'm not running. If you run though, you the last one I'm running too. Mm. <laughs> but I'm not gonna leave you there, right? So so I was always known for for having a heart. So were there any gangs in the in that town at that time? Any gangs? Yeah. No, they was loose associates. We was gangs, but they didn't have names and stuff like, you know, like BGF, Crips and Bloods and all. Gotcha. So, like, you come home, and now, like, what year do you come home from that 11-year bid? 
You said it was the 70s. You're 82. coming to 80, 82. Now things, you know, like. Things have changed drastically. The drug game, it was like. Crazy. While yeah. I was in, I learned that it was like more corporate. You know, it was the moms and pops then, but now it's the franchise. It's big. You know. the, uh, the dope dealer got the vanish now, you know. They killed off all the dudes that used to be in the gangs and the bandits. And, uh, they had handguns, the drug dealers. They got machine guns, bulletproof vests and all. They organized. They ain't out on the corner no more. You know, it's a few dudes out on the corner. But they got stash houses. And they got, like, a division of label. You know, it's real corporate now. You know? But when you come home, who you, like, how, how does it work for you, man? Because... You know, I'm looking at you know you was you was into some stuff, man. So how, I mean, how does it how did how do you get back involved? While I was in there with the young dude out of East Baltimore, that was getting money. He had nice cars and jewelry and all that. And I met him while I was in. Mm. He was passing through. He had a couple years. I think he was going to camp. And. On their side, it's a fence. They can come to the fence and talk, mingle with the population, prison population. And I worked in the dining room, so I can come when they are eating. Their side called Dionysus. I can come up there, you know, mingle with them. Right? Ooh. This young dude, he uh, he was getting money in the street. He had a reputation to get money, you know. So, he, he had some money, pocket money. He gave a guy like $20 to get him a couple carts of cigarettes. And the guy, you know, just ran off with the money. Either dope fan, didn't give him the money. I heard about it, went to the dude, told him, that's my nephew, let me get that money back, you know. And I got it back. Give it to him, he was impressed by that. So he said, look, when you come home, man, Get in contact. Matter of fact, I should be home shortly and all. This is my father's address. Write to me. You know, if you need help with a lawyer or whatever, you know. Say, all right, I ain't taking it serious. So they transferred me uh, from Depend to Hagerstown, which is the lesser security place. A lot of them youngest from East Baltimore that knew that I looked out for them, they was like, man, you better call him. He get money out there, you know. Sent me some pictures, you know, and they pulled them out. Mercedes Benz, they got on fur coats. They in the clubs and all that. Call him, man. He gonna he'll look out for you, right? So uh, I took my time. I finally wrote him, sent it to his father. I was told him I need five thousand for the lawyer, you know. Didn't get no answer, you know. So I was like, okay. But when I got out, I'm hearing the same thing. Better catch up with him. He get money, you know. He be at that club down there where all the big shots at, you know. So I get my girlfriend car, you know, little elite forty elite, <laughs> and goes down there, you know, looking around, and I finally see him, right. So I'm sitting at the uh, stool. He's sitting over there. He like, what's up, man? I act like I just happened to be there. I'm not looking for him. You made it home. Yeah, yeah, you know the conversation. He's like, man, you come home at a good time, man. I just got a African connect. 
goat herder in Africa, but he got all this, you know, me and my brother, right? Say two weeks time, right? You know, we're going to be all right. All right. So he say, right now, I ain't got too much. So he give me like, maybe $300 worth of dope. He said, like, you sell that, man, you can get yourself some, you know, some pocket money, you know, in case you need some soap or something like that, you know, for the two weeks, you know. He said, but uh, if you want to do something before the two weeks, you bring back the money on that. And it's, you know what I did, you know, so they shit brought the money back. <laughs> I ain't waiting on no two weeks. Facts. Yeah, so I was in, you know, he got on, you know. Eventually, you know, they had it. Back then, you talking 83. 83, everybody didn't have an African connect like that. So, before you know it, we was flooding the town, you know. So how was your relationship with homie? Like he looked out, he kept up his word? Like what? You yeah, know? he kept his word. When it comes to business anyway. You know. was, when it comes to business anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was tricky though, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, there you go, something. That's what I want to hear. Uh-oh, yeah, see? Yeah, he was tricky. His loyalty, you know, was relative, you know. But only kept when his When he word. had a beef, I had a beef. When mm. I had a beef, I had a beef. Mm. He looked out he for was, you, though. Know, yeah, he looked out for me. Yeah, I learned a lot from him. You know, he was sharp in the game. You know, was 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 crack out? The crack was no, out? No. not at that time. Not at that time. No, nah, crack was like maybe three, four years later. So yeah. you got it. He looked out, and then you went back, and you know he had to connect. So the two weeks came, and you and you got on. I got on. Yeah. Now, when you got on, did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you move past or you still was rocking with him? No, we was rocking for, let me see. We was rocking about three years together. I was loyal. When you had a beef, yeah. you had a beef. And when he had a beef, you had a beef. Yeah, when he had a beef, Facts. we had a beef. Facts. When I had a beef, I had a beef. Okay, so you was loyal for three years. What changed? What changed? I caught some murder cases and I went over to city jail in uh, 84. I was over there for nine months. Come home, I went in January, come home in September. I come home, right? He did lost the connect. He didn't tell me that. He told me, he lied to me. He told me the connect was on vacation. They was chilling out. He was over in Africa making all kinds of uh, moves. And he was waiting on him to come back. You know, again, I came home at a good time because uh, I come to find out that uh, he the blue to connect. The connect don't fuck with him, don't trust him no more. And, uh, at all? At all. Hmm. But, but, but connect uh, close to a million dollars. Unpaid bills. Oh, hold on, hold on real quick, hold on real quick. Back up. You said you caught a couple of murders? Right. So you was... <laughs> What's up with you, man? What, uh... I just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Nah, 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 n
four. So, so, say, say it again. What? Two. Two. But four. Four. Two are charged as conspiracies. Mm -hmm. So, uh oh, G, let me just exit, G. I'm going to say, how did he get caught at the wrong place at the wrong time? Exactly. They didn't have no cameras. Like, somebody was telling on you, like, what you was doing? Like, you was doing it in front of police. Hey, what's up? No, 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 no. Which is wild, like, was a wild, wild west. Like, what you was doing? No, I'm going to quote a great rapper. The streets was watching. Oh, yeah. What you know about that? Yeah. Get out of here, man. Yeah. Hold on. So, man, they was telling on you so you was getting told on. Man. It's like, okay. You got the social service. Mm-hmm. Where people go down, fill out applications and stuff that need, you know, uh, basic, you know, uh, necessities. Mm -hmm. And the government write them a check or whatever. Then you got the social service, right? Where people pick up the 1 800 hotline number, <laughs> call in on your ass, right? Anonymous call and pick up a check, same way. Did you know who told on you, though? Did you ever have it, like, I know this person told. I know they told. Did you ever wind down, that's what I'm saying? Or it was, like, I'm trying to figure out, when you do something like that, it was that, that's like some wild, wild west stuff. You know, I didn't do anything, really. You know, I told you I was... Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. But right. when that, yeah, call me. When those stuff happened, do people, <laughs> do people, do the people know who told on them? You pretty much can figure it out, yeah. Put the pieces together. Yeah, you so when you went to prison, you only did, but you said that for that, like, you only did, you was in prison for what, nine months? Eight months, nine months? Nine months. On the, yeah. Yeah, but how is that, how did you get nine months for that? Or you were, you got bailed out? Like, what was no, that? I was, that was detention time. No, you didn't get the bails on the murders. No, I was, I was actually in there for nine months. I went to trial. First trial ended in a hung jury. The second trial, you know, I, in a quitter. I had to get new lawyers and everything, you know. Ones that can get the job done, the first ones couldn't get it done, you know. <clears throat> when you do your homework, man, let me say this. When you do your homework and all that, you can uh, survive a long time. They they say that um, that murders. I'm not saying the glorifying this. Uh, they say I don't know that one of the easiest cases to to beat. It is. It is. Yeah, that's what I heard. It is a drug case, conspiracy, hearsay, nothing. You know they can make it all up. You know a murder case. It's black or white. Evil. You did it or you didn't do it. Got you it. can't come in there with no halfway evidence. You know, you know they want a smoking gun most of the time. So you were on trial, just because, you know, I'm going to speed this up. You were on trial for, you know, it's a conspiracy, but you said, like, two mur four murders? Right. And then you beat that. I beat them. 
Got it. Now you back home, you come back. My man, he messed up the connect, the African connect. He messed it up. Mm-hmm. So from there, you're not, you're not rocking with him no more. No. At first we were, until I found out he was lying. And, and I realized I had to break away from him. He was totally demoralizing. He, mm. Actually, it, it was a longer story than that. But, uh, Got it. Respect. We're going to respect eventually, him. you know, I realized that he didn't have it no more. You know? and then you kept it moving. Yeah, he was, he was basically broken. You know? He had opportunities and all that, but he would take the money and go out and buy gold chains and all that just to make people think that he was still the man, you know. And he'd go in the club with a big gold chain, a brand new one on, and all. And he was he was like living for an image and shit. Mm. I'm like, damn, man, Andrew, image. We broke, man. <laughs> I don't care who know I'm poor. I don't care what I don't, you know. I'm real. I keep it totally real. That's my strength, the truth. Amen. You know? Respect. So I'm not, you never catch me out there faking, pretending and all that. If I pretend anything, to, I, it's like I don't have no money. You know? But I'm not mm. going to pretend that I got money. Gotcha. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> you know? I know you like him, Stodgy. He's a nice guy, dude. So, so he was pretty much broke, you know? He tapped out, you know? That was it. Yeah, he tapped out. He's like, man, fuck this, man. He was reading uh, real estate books, no money down, all that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get what? the real estate. He tried to talk me into getting into real estate. The no money down real estate books? Yeah, I was like, man. That's based on credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping the houses and shit. <laughs> what? He tried? Yeah, right? Let's quit. Get out of here. Right? I was like, no, nah, man. I had two brand new babies, two uh-huh. sons, and all. Okay. One was the, one was the year, and the other one was, was like two, two or three months. You know, different women, had apartments, had three, four cars. Okay. Yeah. Now you're talking that toy. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, gee, talk, you, talk you, your talk, man. No, 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 stop it, stop it. Yeah. You're speeding because you came home with all that. So remember, you came home from. Right. Oh, you did the nine months. So bef- right, like we, right, got right. it, got it, got okay. it. So you still had those from the nine months. Right, from the residual, uh, residual uh, trinkets. <laughs> so you had all the cars and stuff like that, but you, you came home, but you was broke. You was popped because yeah, I was broke. I had ten thousand left. You know, when I went in, I had like close to a million. Yeah. I'm spending on lawyers. I'm getting guys out, sending them on a mission. Go see this person. Talk to this person. One of my uh, jewelry trials, the first one, dude hung your jewelry. All right. Gave him a half a million dollar bail. And, you know, it's just a, a lot of stuff was going on. So, wait, hold on. My Cody friends, they run out of money. I got to get them new lawyers. We fired all the first lawyers mm-hmm. and bring in new lawyers. You know? So, and then I got two women. It's coming over there every <laughs> month. Talking about the rent and the bills and all that. Got it, some got shit. it, got it, got it. So you had two. You, you, you was the man. You was the man. You gave some credit, though. No? <laughs> Came home, but you had 10000 left. 10000 pretty much. What did you do with that 10000 I held on to it as long as I could. <laughs> 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 all right, but, uh, I had like, like I said, I had two brand new babies. They needed 
Pampers, Similac, and all kinds of stuff. They would go through a case of Similac in, in a week almost. Mm-hmm. And then I still had apartments and stuff. Of course. You know, so. What's it like being a, a new father and, and being in the game like that? That's what I'm saying. Good job. It's like being a father. Man. It's like you don't really put a lot of thought into because you become a father before you had, I mean, after, you know, you out there, you know. And being out there, I'm telling you, that was a way of life, man. You just take your risks and all that. That didn't change you, though, or make you want to stop or, you know. Not while I was out there, you know. Not when you're good at what you're doing. You get back better and better, you know. It become a game, you know. Passports, flying in other countries, sitting down, making deals and stuff like that. Well, I'm pretty sure, you you know, at, at that time, you being in the game for that long, you, you kind of know the stories and probably hit other people who are at that level and, and getting caught up and stuff like that. True, true. You know what I'm saying? Or either with it. Uh, death or jail so you know having a kid that's why I ask you I know for me like when I have my, have my kids it's like certain things kind of like get cut off I wasn't right. in the same situation as you so I can't speak about right, you know what I'm saying right. but certain just little things I'm just like nah I can't do this can't do that now because you know I'm saying like how'd your mindset change when the kid when the kids got involved or you said you said you just was that good at it so you didn't really that's a good, you know uh, that's a good question I was already caught up in life you know, I was saying that uh, I'm going to stop, you know. Mm. I'm going to stop, but I'm not going to stop now because I got an opportunity to make, say, $10 million in a year, you know. I'm not going to stop now, you know, but I'm going to stop after that. But while you're saying that, you're spending money, you're spending money, and, uh, and then it's like, uh, like I said, it becomes like a way of life. Right. And then once you're thinking like, it's a challenge, an intellectual challenge. You thinking like you can figure this out. You can be. It's a chess game, man. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I wasn't really at that time. You know. The last years, I wasn't touching nothing. A lot of times, I wasn't seeing anything. You know. Just meeting in the mall. You know, and walking around the mall, a couple times, leaving, and getting back in my car. And go. You know. Right. So I'm figuring, like, you know, you know, uh, I went to Africa. I was coming in, and what, what year was that? 80, I think it was 87. I just cleared customs, LaGuardia Airport. And uh, I'm walking down the uh, corridor, and I see a bookstore, you know. So I read books. I go in there and let me get a book to read or something, you know, a magazine. This book caught my eye. The title was The Underground Empire by James Mill. Thick book like that. So I picked it up, turned it back, start reading it, and say the drug trade is, uh, I think, what they say, $200 billion industry, you know. So I was in the trade, so I was like, I want to read this, you know. What they did, they profiled, like, in the book, Profile about five big international dudes. They talked about an organization, super secret organization, right, called Sentat. It wasn't large, it was like about seven of them. And they had an office in Manhattan, you know, like doing the, the script and all that. Mm -hmm. 
you can miss it if, if you walk past it, you wouldn't even know it because it's like a, a door that you go upstairs and, and that was their headquarters and they talk about, you know, how good they were. They would do all the legwork and all that and let the uh, DEA and all these other agents get the credit. So I'm reading this book, I'm like, damn. And I was convinced that they could get anybody at the time, right? But you know, you want to do what you want to do. So I lied to myself. I was like, they wouldn't be interested in me. I ain't that big, you know? So I was like, I ain't got to worry about them. Them dudes, they was busting, they was like billionaires. So it was like Escobar and El Chapo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. One dude out of China, you know. The white boy that was moving marijuana and gas tankers from over here. They busted him. All this guy, they didn't get what to do out of China because they kept trying to trick him to come to the United States. He had a niece over there. They had hotels and all that stuff. And they was trying to trick him. The dude that was messing with his niece was an undercover agent. He was not an agent, but an informant. Because mm -hmm. he was a real drug dealer at one time, you know. But they had something on him, you know, he was fucking Denise. He kept trying to get Denise to get the uncle to come over here, you know. But the uncle was like, I ain't going over here. He ain't had to come over here. Right. Yeah, he had all kinds of people over here, you know. So they never could get him. He, he was indicted, concealed indictment, but he would never come over here, you know. And you know they ain't going over to China locking nobody up and shit, you know. So he got away, but the other four got caught. Mm. And I looked at it, I was like, man, I ain't doing that on that level, so they ain't gonna be interested. They ain't watching you, yeah. Yes. So it's like, I was telling myself, I'm gonna get out. But it was always an excuse, you know, for the prolonging. When you had, so the question I was going to ask too is that a lot of people that's in the street, you know, gangsters and stuff like that, you hear that they're uh, uh, family men type thing. Like when it comes to their family, they separate the life. Were you able to do that? Yeah. Were you able to separate your life? I did it real life? successfully too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were different from how Moms, you were. Moms, wives, girlfriends, children and all that. You said, Mom, say it again, that's right. <laughs> Mom, wives, girlfriends? Children. Now let's go back to the wives and women, girlfriends. Women, pretty. Oh, you, you had a lot of girls? You tried to skip past that. Like, no, nah, not really. I was pretty conservative. I like one at a time. Okay. I had a lot of girlfriends. Platonic. You know, real close, you know. But it was platonic, you know. Platonic or platonic? Plutonic. I thought it was Platonic. Platonic. He tried to play the He's a slick guy. We know you. No, no. Don't say no. He said like one at a time. They were just cool. Yeah, and I would go to church with moms and the kids and the women. Because for one, for one, it's like the drug game is risky anyway. You're going to get killed. You can go to jail. Okay. But it's a way, you know, to uh, achieve the American dream for a black man, you know, that didn't go to Harvard or Yale. And facts, all. facts. All right. So, but if you're taking this kind of risk, why take unnecessary risks? 
like being in the nightclub, you know, and being a target, you know. Mm -hmm. Late at night, you know, or out in the street, you know, making enemies and all that, you know. And hanging out with a bunch of dudes that, you know, is trying to prove themselves to you, you know. They might shoot up the club, you know. When you you don't want that, but they gonna shoot up the club just to prove to you that they lure you and all. So I ain't really hang with no dudes after eleven years and all them years in the jail. Hmm. I don't even want to see no dudes unless it's, you know unless it's some business and all. Facts. You know, I want to be around women, beautiful women. So that's what you did. Yeah, Tonic. Right. Play I ain't need no army. You know, I ain't need no guns, so I don't need no click. You just need the women to be around you. Yeah, just the women. I respect you. And not just the pretty young ones, you know, like Stoney and Boss Lady over there. <laughs> but they also moms, the grandmas, the little girls, and all that. You know. Let's back up a little bit, real quick, because you know I think that's that's a great way to think. Round of applause for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the women, the women around. You don't need all that attention. Just you know, right? Got it. So, because I want, I definitely want to make the transition. When you stopped with homie, you had the last ten thousand. What was, what was the come up? Like, did you go back to being in the like the streets? Did you get back to sticking up, or you? No, no, no. You Stick did. up was. It was you was done with yeah, it. Yeah, that was seventeen years old stuff. So. Got it, got it. So this time you just like, did you meet another connect? The old connect, I, I uh, shortly inherited that old connect. He knew about me. He, he met me before, you know, but I never like upstaged my man. You know? Never upstaged him, you know. I never went behind his back and tried to, you know. Yeah, got it. Lawyer, you know, but he knew me, right? And he knew that I was loyal because my man used to always talk about me to him. Because I was the only one he had trouble with. He can go to Los Angeles, Vegas, and spend 200,000 hours, get on the phone, and call me, you know, say, uh, uh, why you me, Western Union, why me, you know, 10,000, you know, spent all my money. And he would have that money within half an hour. I was the only one. He had other ones out there. And some of them was getting more money than me at the time. He was bringing in more money than me, you know. Because they had the big shops. I had the three or four shops, you know, to get that kind of money, you know. They was in the projects. So, but he would call them, you know. A lot of times they wouldn't even answer, you know, the beepers or the phones. Or they'll tell him, okay, I'm going to take care of that. And it wouldn't get taken care of, you know. If it did get taken care of, it would be hours later. He'd be frustrated, you know. So he just stopped calling them. He would call me. And, you know, we used to ride around, you know. I was a little older than him. Now I had all knowledge and all. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't cross the street without asking me, you know, was it cool, you know. But even though he was like the one with the connect, you know, I was actually the one that was running things. So you got up with the connect? 
Oh yeah, so when he blew, you know, uh, we ran into the Kinect one, Silver Spring, and uh, he he was like, "Look, Rudy home," you know. That Rudy wasn't in jail. He was like, "That's why, you know, I ain't had no discipline. The mother niggas, you know, just that that, you know." So the dude was like, "Okay, all right, I'm gonna give you this and all. If you fuck that up, that's it, you know." Because I was home, we gave him something, you know. And uh, so we ride back in Baltimore, right? And he was telling me, you know, he was blaming everybody. They fucked it up. I was like, don't give it to them, you know. You know, don't give him shit, you know. Give it to me, you know, you get your money. He was like, he's like, nah, y'all ain't set up and stuff. You just come out of jail. It's going to take a long time. I want to hurry up, bop, bop, bop. I was like, don't give it to them dudes. You know? Right? He got it in his hand. The man gave it to him, you know. So he was like, okay, man, uh, I'm going to call you tomorrow morning. So I get up the first thing in the morning, waiting on the call. He didn't call me. I called him. He answered, He ignored his beeper. He finally answered his beeper. So we meet. It's like, what's up, man? You know, he said, man, I went on and gave it to uh, so-and-so then. You know, I was like, man, you should have gave it to him. No, they're going to pay me this time. I told him this shit is serious. They're going to pay me this time. And shit, the man ain't going to give me no more, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, all right, they ain't pay him. They paid him a little something. They ain't really pay him, you know, because they was getting high. And then they was cutting it. It, it was garbage, you know. Then, it, you know, garbage moves slow, you know, mm -hmm. right? And they did, they did like, hit him off with a few thousand hours, maybe five or something. And you know what he did with that? He paid his bills with that. He paid his bills first, you know. You know, dope dealing 101, drug dealing 101, you know. You pay the, if you got rent, you got car insurance and all that, and you got a drug bill, you pay your connect first. Everything else, wait, you know. What is a, a, a 25, huh? I mean, $25 late fee, you know, on your watch count. Mm. Even if you lose all that, you got your connect, you can come back. You pay the connect first, man. Mm. But this is a kid taught me all the ropes and all that, right? But he went out and he paid his bills and all. I think he might have had like a thousand or something left over. He went, bought a gold chain, went to the club. <laughs> and, and, Made the people think that he he never it was fell off. Yeah, you know. And I ain't get a dime out of this. She was like, F that. Yeah, I ain't get a dime out of it. So I'm going to tell you a story, right? So the dude was a thinker, right? He's a thinker. He was like, well, fuck this. We'll call him and tell him we got the money. When we get up there, we're going to rob him, you know? So I was like, cool, you know? So we had one guy, right? We driving up there, and we used to live up there, you know, in Silver Springs, you know. And we driving up there, but the whole time he crying about everything, everything. You know. And I'm like, I'm like, focus, you know. When I got something to do, I'm focused. I hear him, and I don't hear him, you know. And he's crying like, man, fuck this, man. You know. We can get in real estate, man, and, and sell some houses, buy some apartments. Zero you know? down. Yeah, you know. I'm like, man, you believe that shit in your books and shit. Like, you know, 
I'm like, no, man, you know. So we driving, we driving, like maybe 40, 40 minute drive from Baltimore to, and we pull up to a stop sign, and he looked up and he was like, man, I don't even know where we at, man. We used to live up in there. Mm. He's so demoralized yeah. and depressed yeah. that he was like, man, where we at? We lost, man. Let's go back, man. Fuck that. You got I, nervous, panicking. Yeah, I was like, I know where we at. Go down that street. <laughs> <laughs> go down that street, turn here, turn yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. And so we get there. We got press a buzzer to get in, right? Mm -hmm. Dude on the, uh, what, eighth floor. And so... He pressed a button, let us in, right? We goes up there, right? To rob him. And he comes out the room. He was like, look, I'm in a conference. I don't have a lot of time and all that. He said, just go in my office and wait. I'll be in there in five minutes, right? So he go back in the conference room. My man was like, man, we can't do it now, man. You know, it's other people in there. And all. I was like, no, nah, man, I think I can do it, man. Just chill. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, and that's when I realized I was like, nah, this is this is hopeless. This ain't gonna work, you know. So I said, fuck. Man, come in there five minutes. He's like, okay, you got the money. I gotta get back in the Westcom, you know. He was like, look, man, I ain't got ain't got the money, man. Man, fuck, I only want to hear. I don't want to hear no more stories and all. You know. He's like, look, he's like, I don't want to hear. You know. He's like. Give me something, we we pay. He was like, "Nah, that's it." On three, and I did that because of Rudy. Oh, other than that, I would never gave you shit. And I didn't really know that he had owed the man that much money at the time. The man was like, "Man, you owe me this, that, and the other thing." You know, from back then, I can't do it no more. Right? So we leave. I'm like, "Damn," you know. So we driving back to Baltimore, you know. And dude was like, look, man. First he was talking about real estate shit again. <laughs> but then when we get close to the city line, we can see see Baltimore, right? He was like, look, man, uh, if you still want to get in the game and shit, I'll tell you what you do. You just wait till tomorrow and call them up, you know, and blame it on me, you know. Blame it on me, you know. And, uh, and then he was like, you'll be telling the truth anyway. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that out. And I tried that out and it worked. But he told me, look, I can't do nothing for you, you know. To give me two weeks. That wasn't even mine. I went to somebody else and got that shit and gave it to y'all. Doing a favor because of you. you know? And say, I ain't, I can't do it. That ain't, you know, my stuff don't come until two weeks. He said, but call me back. I might be able to do something for you. So, uh. I'm calling him, I'm calling him, and calling him, and he'll answer sometimes. Sometimes he won't answer, you know, so uh, I was like, fuck this, I'm going up there and see him, you know. Mm. I knew where his office was, it's, it's snoring and shit. You know how on the highway the cars might be moving five miles an hour, and they stop for 10 minutes, and then they start moving slow again. Because of the storm. Yeah. But I don't see none of this shit. It's snowing like my, my car, you know, it's, it's ragged. Some woman ran into my car. I can't even get it fixed. You know, no insurance. So uh, 
I'm driving, I'm thinking it's hard, you know. I don't see none of the snow, none of that, man. So I hear horn bump, right? I ain't even hear it at first. You know, I kept bumping and all. I looked over there, it's the African, you know. So uh, I see him and all. And I rolled the window down, rolled the window. He's, what's up, man? Uh, he's on the phone. And all. I think I need to talk to you, right? He said, call me. I said, I need to talk to you. I said, five minutes. He said, call me. I said, five minutes, you know. So he pulled over on the shoulder, right? So I walked up to him, got out my car, and he got out of his car. I walked up to him, I said, man, if I come up with the money to get one of them things, you know, could you get it for me? He said, yeah. When he, that's all it, that's all it took. Before he could even look, I was back in my car on the way back to Baltimore, you know, and got that money that day, you know. It was, after that, there was no looking back. Got you. So now you now you coming up. Right. Now I'm my own man, you know. Yeah. Forget the homie yeah. that messed up the connect and want to talk about real estate, zero <laughs> down, good credit shit. We don't care about that. Mm-hmm. We don't care about the zero credit. Right. Yeah, it's a, we, we want to put something down on it. Right. All right, so now you up. Now, did you ever experience in the street any type of attacks on your life, like any type of attempts towards you? Yeah, we had a full-fledged war in uh, 84. Full-fledged war where they was riding around with machine guns and shit, looking for me, and we doing the same thing with them. Why were they looking for you? Because it's a war. It, it was uh, it's a war. Yeah, it's a misunderstanding. You know, it was some dudes that uh, it was just like another clique. It was a misunderstanding. We had a machine gun. I don't care how guns deal with him, but I used to buy him, put him up, give him to somebody. Mm-hmm. Gave him to a soldier. He was living with some people. They put him out. He left the gun. We go back and get the gun. It's gone. Ended up in the hands of the other clique, right? Mm. And I know these dudes from the joint, you know. We mm-hmm. talked and all. We weren't buddies or nothing. But so, you, you had an understanding. Right. So I'm driving down Monroe Street one day, and I see... Uh, their car, they pulled over, they stand out talking to me, right? Somebody told me, like, they admitted they had it, you know, and they would give it back, you know? They admitted they had it, and they would give they wanted to give it back to me, so, all right? So, I see the car, we get out of my car, it's my nephew and a, and a friend of mine, right hand man, and uh, he goes up to him, it's three of them, right? I told the dude, excuse me, I need to talk to you. What's up? I understand you got a machine gun belong to me. And he's like, huh? I said, the machine gun. What is that? That's mine. You know? He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he walked away, you know. He said, no, don't never come at me like that again. So I'm shocked, like, what? Don't come at you like that. You know, so I, I walked behind him, right? So he goes to the car. His man's in the car. And I'm right up on him, right? He opened the door and tells his man, I see the gun. He got the gun in the, in the lap, like, uh, between his legs. He was like, give me that gun, man. Let me hold that gun. So I see you got a gun. I ain't got no gun. So I, I backed up off of him. And so he put the gun out. Man's like, 
the pressure's on, man. You know, you know, it's turn, like, turn my life. Yeah, you got an image to uh, uphold. Right, you got an image to uphold, man. It's in motion, man. You know how it is once you get in motion. So, like, um, so I'm backing up off of mission. I'm not running, but I'm not going to stand up there on it. And you saw your gun. Yeah, I saw his gun. Yeah, yeah. It was his gun, but it wasn't a gun. That, it wasn't a machine gun. It was a different No, gun. no, it was a handgun. Got it. Man. So, yeah, give me that gun. His man had it, handed it to him, you know. So you backed up. Right. So I'm like maybe two, three cars at distance from him because I, I'm not going to run because I know he's not a marksman. You know how that goes. You know. Not going to run. You don't know what you're doing with the gun and shit. So, man, he's on stage, right? So he has his gun on his side. He was like, you know who I am and all that? You know, don't you never come at me. You know who I am? I said, yeah, I know you. I said, you a dead man. That's who you are. You, Yeah, this and that. So, like, my car was still on. You know, you just stop for a moment, leave the car you know, on. Yeah, you know? run and put it in the park. You know? right. So... He goes over to my car, try to get the keys out. My nephew's standing there, my man's standing there. My nephew's 16 years old at the time. Mm. You know how he, and, you know, at that age, you know, kids don't, don't have no fear for real or something. So, like, he goes to try to take the keys out of my car. My nephew goes over and pushing me. He got the gun and shit. So he tried pistol with my nephew, right? And, Nephew fall back and, and no, nah, he had handed to his nephew. Mm-hmm. His nephew came up and said, Let me hold the gun. He tried to hit him, you know. They fall like in the car. I'm like, Wow, you know, they killed my nephew. The gun go off, right? And I'm telling you, man, you know, the shock of it, man, you know, it was like, it was cartoonish, man, you know. It's like the whole frame flipped over. Upside Everything down, yeah. started happening in slow motion, right? You know, I'm running and all that, but I'm running like in slow motion back towards the car. And because I know, I, I know that, you know, that he was dead, you know. That's how close up he was, you know. So, like, all right, I'm running back to the, back towards the car. Then everything speeded up. They jumped in their car, took off, and went backwards, you know, fishtailing and shit. And went backwards and shit. And I get to the car, right? Isn't it? My nephew rise up, you know, he had a flesh went. It went in and came out. So, you know, bullet was still in the car. So that was one of the incidents. It kicked off a war, man. That's that how one. I ended up with the, all the charges and shit. Mm. How many charges was that? There was the uh, two murders, two murder conspiracies, and oh, temp murder, which I ain't tell you about temp murder and some other. But that was all the same. What you mean? When yeah. you, I got it. I got that it. started. I started everything. Yeah, that started. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's that's famous. Like so a, that, that makes sense. You yeah, know what it saying? was like yeah. a. Uh, let me see. Damn near year year on war. It was on the pop and anywhere, any place. You know. On site. Yeah, I was so I, I was so angry, man. I was like, I see them dudes in the police department. I'm going up there and get them. You know? how, how many people lost their lives in that situation? A few. Respect. So, 
What made the war stop? Prison? Prison, when I went there over to jail, you know. I so I actually, I'm going to give you a lesson right here, you know. Give me a lesson, please. I won the battles, he won the war. The guy that you were warm with, that yeah, same guy? Yeah, he won that... the war because he ended up on the street. He didn't care about the dudes. He didn't care about the dudes that got killed and crashed on me. It's a shit like that. Right. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on real quick. I'm, I'm sorry, OG. Give me a second. All this happened over a machine gun. Yeah, what happened is, was the dude that told me that, I thought about later on and shit, he lied about that, right? So them dudes was caught off guard. They were surprised, like, you know, when I approached them about the thing, and the dude got in his feelings, and he walked away, and that's why he said it, you know. But at the time, when you moving fast and all that, you... So the guy like, lied to you and made it up and made yeah, that whole thing happen? Yeah, he lied, yeah. Chain reaction. So, it's a year war. So, so, hold on. So, now, is this the same time when you got locked up with the 30 bricks and all, all the, the conspiracy? Not 30 bricks. No, that was, that was five years later. So, wait, hold on. You went to prison again, and that was a nine-month thing. Right. I'll be all the charges. Yeah, the all the charges. But the war was over. Yeah, the war was over. When I mean, you came back home. Yeah, when I when I came home, then I won it. He won it while I was in the jail. Just by me being in jail, you know, I was I was in my feelings, man. You know, I was like. Then when you came home, you won it. Yeah. He was still out there when you came home. Yeah, he was out there. Y- y- y'all crossed paths at any time, or? Yeah, I, I seen him. I seen him out there. I seen him uh, uh, driving past one day. I seen him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one day, me and my girl and my son was in the restaurant. I had no gun on. They got a window right there. I seen them walk past the window mm. and come in. They came in, <clears throat> came up, you know, and shook my hand, congratulations. I'm glad you beat the, beat the case and all. Wow. Yeah. But I knew they wasn't shooters, you know. They wasn't shooters. And then we was in a upscale restaurant, you know. You know. They didn't want me bad as I wanted them, you know. Oh. They wasn't shooters. You got to know your... Your personnel, you know. So you didn't feel the same way you, the same way you felt before when you saw him with your with your family? No, no. I, the nine months I did over, I did a lot of thinking, thinking, reevaluating, regrouping, and all that. Gotcha. I'm looking out the window because you can look out the window on the highway. The cars going out there from behind the bars, and I'm thinking like, damn, you know. I'm in here. I I, I won the battles, but I lost the war because they still out on the street. You thought it was it could have been over. Yeah, it could have been over. I was facing life and you know, and all kinds of you know. And it could have been over, but you know, we were still crafty. We had like resources in the hood. <laughs> you know, we knew whenever the police came through there, the hood, we knew it. The dudes out on the corners, we had telephone numbers that we could call out there from the jail, you know, what's happening. You know, they kept us informed. Go see so-and-so, so-and-so. Tell them this, tell them that, you know. And, uh, see, we still control the uh, streets and shit. And the jail. But when he came and shook your hand, were you upset? Did you feel away like he was playing or you knew, like, you was already over it? Like, you know, this nigga came in here, my family here, he trying to be funny. 
Or you just, no, 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 okay. no, I didn't feel that way. I know that I know the players and shit like that, and I can feel things. They were sincere. They really wanted to uh, squash it. Yeah, he had told me that he wanted to squash it before, but what happened is they, at first, it was a tactic. They sent word they want to squash it, phone number, call this number, and all that. And uh, but it wasn't no squashing it. You shot my nephew, man. Mm-hmm. Ain't no squashing that beef. Jesus couldn't squash that beef, you know. Mm. Peace and be it, with was you. A, it was a it was a you know. It was a, a, a tactic, you know. It was a tactic. I talked to him on the phone just to feel him out, you know. And uh, right after that, the next day they sent the hit squad up there on both corners, you know, to gun me down. And I wasn't really uh, upset about them out to kill me. But I was with my girl, and I knew they was gonna kill her too. And now I was upset about that, you know, because she was young. She was what, maybe twenty-two years old, pretty. She, you know, she was just with me. They were gonna take her life, right. you know. And that, to me, that just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't right, you know, me. I understand that. I accept that as part of the life you live, you know. Right? But her, no. So it was like ongoing battles and all that. Bring us to the time when you got the, what led up to you getting caught and doing your last bid as far as like the whole situation that happened? Well, bring us to that takedown. Okay, set the stage for that. It was uh, I had like one my last state case. My last state case. Uh, the head state's attorney, Stuart Sims, took it right. Uh-huh. He took it personally. He was the ex-federal prosecutor. He never had a. He never took a case in the, in the state because he's the head man. He's the administrator, right? Uh-huh. But he took the case. It was a rumor that he was going to take the case. And I was like, oh, man, he take the case. That the, it's going to become political now. But he took the case. And he took the case. I got to beat it. I got to beat this case. You know, it's going to be real hard and all that. So then I won the case. I beat the case. Found not guilty. And... We had a, I think we had a hung jewelry one time and come back and I got found not guilty. And half I beat that case, they was like, we gotta get this guy, you know. To your personal. Yeah, we gotta get this guy, you know. That came from the White House. That came from the White House. Get this guy, I don't care what you do, you know. Don't only play uh by the rules no more. Get him, you know. And that's what happened. They jumped the gun. They thought they had caught me red-handed. They watching me, talking to certain people, you know, you know. But they didn't know. They didn't know what was what and where was where, you know. So they they thought they did. They was like, "Fuck it, let's just hit them all. It got to be somewhere, you know." And they hit us. All right. I'm not gonna say they didn't get a few things here and there, you know, but. They didn't get nothing. They didn't have the case they wanted, you know. So now they done jumped out there. 
They can't say, you know, my bad, we fucked up. <laughs> they gonna make that shit up. They going to jail, terrorizing dudes and all that. They went all out. You know, there's a guy that all my jewelry I was telling you about in the 85, uh -huh. he hung the jewelry, they locked him up, gave him half a million dollar bail. At the time, you know, he had to be locked up for killing his girlfriend. Right? And they went to him and told him, say, look, man, if you tell us how much money Rudy gave you to hang your jewelry and this, that, and other thing, he paid you and come to court and testify, we'll let you go. You know what he told him? Like, fuck you. And he got 18 years for killing his girlfriend. So I said that to say that, man, they went all out, man. You could have had three murders or whatever, you know, and they would have let you go. I met an Italian dude when I was going to court up in Upper Marlboro mm -hmm. because they took me out of Baltimore to isolate me, get me away from my Cody friend, thinking that with me out of out of the way, they can pull some shit on them and all that. So, but I'm up in Upper Marlboro, and I met a uh, Italian dude that was in. I'm talking to two brothers and all that. One of them called my name out, you know. So the Italian dude came up to me. You really. Rudy Williams, I said, yeah. He grabbed me and hugged me, man. He was like, man, man, I'm glad to meet you and all that, man. He said, uh, I got to thank you, man. Because of you, I got a deal. They was getting ready to give me a life sentence. They got court them dudes uh, bringing in like maybe 200 keys of cocaine on a, on a ship down at the harbor. Right? He's waiting to go to court. They talking about getting him a life sentence. And one day his lawyer's going to see him and say, look, man, you got lucky. He just made a big drug bust. This guy, Rudy Williams, they want him bad, you know? And they willing, you know, they want to concentrate on him. They willing to uh, give you a deal of 30 years just so they can get on him, you know? He was like, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it, you know? He took the deal. Right? He came up and told me that. You know, we got to be real friends later on because he beat me in Lewisburg. By the time I get to Lewisburg, he dead. He works in the kitchen, you know. So he used to bring me food, let me listen to his MP3, not MP3 at the time, but a radio, and we got to be cool, you know. But that's how bad they want it. They make this shit up. So, the time you got caught. It was a, it was a, it was a ring, it was an enterprise, or it was just them putting things together and trying to put pieces together. The evidence were, you know, putting together and all that, but you know. Uh. <laughs> Rudy, chill out, man. Stop, Rudy. For real, stop playing, man. For <laughs> stop playing, man. What now, I'm going to put it this way. Like, Rudy, chill out. Chill. Come on, Rudy, chill. Those who know, I respect don't that. say. Those who say, don't know. No, no. Got mm. it. Got it. Do you remember the day you got caught then? Yeah, I remember. Clearly. Where were you? Hmm? Where were you? You tell us I that? I was in my house early in the morning. It was like maybe 6 o'clock, 7. It was daylight outside. Got it. Uh, I was in my house. My wife, her grandmother, and... 
my two sons. Mm. I, had, I had three at the time. And my niece, two almost staying with me. We just came from the carnival, which they held underneath the uh, city jail, behind city jail down under the bridge. Mm. You know? We had just came from that, you know. And my nephew and them, they had a car wash. You know, the car wash, man, was jumping, man. They was like 19, 20 years old. It was lit over there. They were, all the all the big boys with the sharp cars would drive all day long. The feds was across the street in the apartment, just filming everything, you know. And so what they did, they, uh, they faked the, uh, I forget the numbers when the police shot that number and they raided the spot. You know? And it was already bugged. Everything was bugged. The sidewalks, everything, the phone, the rooms. So they faked a uh, cop down thing and they went in there, dragged everybody out. And they didn't lock anybody up. They left, right? What that was about, they was trying to find out where the drugs was at. Because when something like that happened, everybody, after police leave, everybody was like, go move this, go get that, go do this and all that. Right? And they listened to everything, right? But that didn't happen, right? That didn't happen. So the next morning, that's when they did the actual raiding and all. See, they, that's called the pump fake. You get you to bite, you know, so they can get you. So they pump fake, you know, the night before. You know. And they came in early in the morning. They came early in the morning. They didn't have the case. What they was counting on, the guys being scared, you know, and telling, you know, that ain't happening. You know. So they panicked. They had to expand the, expand the this conspiracy. They had to bring in more and more people. People that they control. That's why they have a superseding indictment. They take the first indictment going from a grand jury. They that's just for a cop out. You know, that's leverage right there. The first indictment. Hit you with it. Tell you take 30 years. They usually work, you take it and all that. In our case, it's like fuck that, we fighting and all that. Now they gotta come up with a real case. So they scrambling to come up with, they, they, I mean, they superseded us like two or three times. So that means they trying to come up with a case. What were your charges? My charges was Super Kingpin, Rico, conspiracy, handguns, and all. I beat the uh, 848 Continuing criminal enterprise. They never could charge me with murders, even though they advertised that all through the papers to get the streets to talk. Because you know? they got informants everywhere. You know? mm -hmm. Informants go back and tell them what they heard. They piece the shit together. You know? Of course. Right. So they never came up with the murders. That's all they talked about, you know. I will be facing the uh, what is it, the federal death penalty thing, you know. In relation to you, they can give you the death penalty. They want that because it'll scare the average person. 
And I'll take a life sentence to avoid that. You know, dudes do that. I've seen dudes do that. You know? To me, it don't make no sense. I mean, you ain't scared me anyway. You know, you got something, you got to bring it, you know. You know? So, I beat the uh, Super King Pan. They couldn't bring the Rico, the... Uh, you know, I was charged for about 30, 36 charges, and I beat all of them tough for eight. But they found me guilty for carrying 20 years. But they thought under the guideline they could give you these crazy sentences you know, mm -hmm. back in the 80s that they now realized they, that was unconstitutional. They started to take them back, you know. Got it. And let guys go. They knew they was unconstitutional back then. You lawyers, it's Supreme Court. I mean, tell me you got nine lawyers up there, the best mind, legal minds in, in the country, didn't know that that was illegal, unconstitutional. They knew that, but they had an agenda, a social agenda, which was to clean up the streets, get the black men off there, fuck up the families, break them up and all that, you know. Mm -hmm. Then after you get 20, 30 years there, they figure, now if you go back out there, you know, you ain't got no life left. A lot of dudes in wheelchairs, crutches, didn't even make it back. So now we need these these sales and shit now for your sons and your grandsons. Amen. You know, so they let them go. We need these sales now for young black men. So that's what happened to you? Yeah. They gave you, you got, a, what, 130 years, you said? Life in 130 years. Life in 130 years. With that type of time and all that? You don't want to do nothing, man. If we get high, play cards, or not like. But I knew I was coming home one day, so I, I worked out, I studied the books, hit the tracks, you know. I studied all the knowledge and all, because I want to understand all that. You, know? you want to understand life. Yeah, because with knowledge, that. you can write your own ticket, man. Exactly. You know, without knowledge, you can't even get in the game and shit. With knowledge, you can get in in the game, with any game that's being played. You know? So that's what kept me going. Though. What turned your conviction around? The, YouTube, the law that they put into place as far as? No, the laws that them, them laws I was talking about, unconstitutional, yeah. mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. knew was unconstitutional. Of course. They came back later on, you know, after they got 30, 20 years out of dude, they was like, oh, we made a mistake here, you know. These laws are unconstitutional. Since the guideline, you know, is our constitution. Because oh. what they was doing, they was, this is what they did. At my trial, right, the witnesses they had, they didn't have nothing. It's two trials, really, you know. It's your, it's your trial where, you know, the, the evidential trial. Mm -hmm. If you get found guilty, then it's your sentence trial. The sentence trial, it's a real trial because it's different standards of evidence. During the trial with the witnesses, they got to find you guilty beyond reasonable doubt. They have to prove certain things, right? They right. have to prove the amount of drugs. But the way they did it back then, you don't have to prove the amount of drugs. That's not an element, which it is an element, you know? They said it was an element of the charges. So what they do, they would reserve the determination of the drug amount mm -hmm. 
they would reserve that for the judge at sentencing. Who's their man? The people on the jury, you know, they might have not found you guilty for that shit. So they took it out of their hands and gave it to the judge. judge. So when you go up in front of the judge, all he had to do was find by preponderance of evidence, which is really not strong, you know. See, he say, she say, you know. And so they found that I had like at least still 15 kilos of dope in one year. Then they had the African, which they made a deal with him, you know, from over in, in Nigeria and Kenya. They turned him out by the time. He didn't, he didn't turn while I was going to court. By the time I go up for sentence, right, he's scared to death, man, you know. His lawyer, you know, so you got to watch the lawyers. Everybody say that the, your co-defendant that testified against you is the rat, you know, and all mm -hmm. that. But no, he's not the, the real rat. The real rat is, is his lawyer that turned him out. He's a mouse. He's not the rat. He's the mouse. So they get past all the, the people. So he ended up with one of my co-defendants. He came in during sentencing, got on the stand and said, yeah, and I came over to Africa a couple of times, you know, and made deals. And he lied, though. He said that he didn't, uh, that was all the uh, drug transaction that he had been involved with. But, and they knew he was lying because he was on indictment of several other drug conspiracies that was loosely related to mine, pilots and all kinds of people. I mean, if if you only sent me like maybe you know fifteen keys or whatever, you know, then what the hell are you doing testifying these other people cases for? So they knew he was lying and shit, but they buried all this. See, so he, he got scared. And he folded. He folded. Yeah, he folded. African folded. Yeah, and then he was already on the run for a uh, uh, a drug crime from England, you know. Oh. And they knew about that. We tried to bring that out. The judge shut that down, you know, protecting him, his credibility. How much time did he end up doing? I don't know. I tried to find out. He probably got slapped on the wrist or something like that. And went back to Africa? They, they, yeah, they, they, they let him, him go. They let him go. So, real quick, when, when did you find out you was coming home? What year? Uh, I didn't find out I was coming home to... Uh, Last year, you know, around <laughs> last year, right in, in uh, uh, let me see, let me see, in May, two weeks, two you, weeks. You didn't know you was coming home? No, I didn't know for sure, you know. You deal with these folks and all, <laughs> you know. I don't expect nothing from these people, but, you know, hard time, no. Nah. And that way, you know, if you don't get your hopes up, you're like, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm the same you way. You can't yeah. be disappointed, disappointed, you know? Right, right, right. So I never put no faith in them. I never based my hopes on them. I always thought I was going to write my way out, you know? Oh. Reinvent myself, you know? And my books would bring me a new circle, young kids out there and all, with their clout. And with them behind me, you know, I figured I would get out that way. Because they had power and they only know it, like New York itself. Remember the Rockefeller law? Russell Simmons virtually, single-handedly, you know, not by itself, got that law overturned. You know? 
Because them youngins got power and they don't know how to use it. They don't know. Because corporate America need them young boys out there, you know, to get rich. They bringing all the money and all. So what they do, they uh, they cuddle up to them, play like they friends and all. As long as they can sell Mercedes Benzes, mm-hmm. Calvin Klein, Versace shit. You, know. <laughs> you see Calvin that? Calvin Klein, Versace. They can hang. They let them hang out with them and shit, and they parties, mm-hmm. and they do them little favors and shit like that. You know. So somebody like Jay Z say, "Look, man, I got an uncle, right? Been locked up for a long time." I'm not going to tell you he wasn't selling dope. He's got a big drug case and shit. But he's been locked up for a long time. He's a good man and all that. He, he's circulating with them people, you know, because corporate America is the real government, not the shit we see in what's going <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the real government. So they end with the corporate America. So they be like, yeah, sure, you know. I'm going to talk to uh, my cousin so-and-so. He's a, uh, he's a judge, too, and all that. And they can pull the screens, get you out of there. Right. They don't care about individual shit. They care about control over the masses and shit. They don't care, you know. They let Sammy Bull go. He confessed to, what, 19 murders and shit? Because they want John Gotti. John Gotti embarrassed him. He beat some cases he wasn't supposed to win. So mm. we want him, you know. So they don't really care about right or wrong like they project on TV and all that right. to the public. They don't care about that, man. Yeah, yeah. So there was a show, uh, a popular show on TV some years back um, representing your area that you from. Uh-huh. And I'm saying, I, I, you know, I heard that they... Uh, the Wire? Yeah. You know what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that they... they uh, Use or try to use some parts of your life in the, in that show. They did. Talk to me about that. Tell me about how how accurate those parts were in the in the in the show. It was a. Uh, it wasn't completely accurate, but it was based on some incidents. You know that. Uh, mm-hmm. The incident where the city. Uh, the city uh, security guard got killed. And in the, in the, in the TV show, it was a. They, they, uh, the character was named after a friend of mine, you know. Okay. And they say uh, in the show, he, he's stealing a lollipop out the, the supermarket. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he get caught. Mm-hmm. Right. And. He get arrested and the security guard get killed, you know, right after that. You know. They say that was based on the incident, right? That uh that security guard got killed. He got into it with my sister in law from Long Island. And a month later he got killed. So I don't know nothing about it, you know. Security guard had a lot of enemies. He was like Denzel Washington training day, pistol whipping people, mm. you know, working a career. Imagine that. Black nigga working in, in a Korean supermarket, making minimum wages and shit, but he got a gun in the badge. Mm. And he pistol whipping people, you know, <laughs> for any little reason. Mm-hmm. He got his gun out. So the feds was watching me, 
you know, at the time. And he pulled the gun on me. He pulled the gun on me. He didn't lock me up. But he pulled the gun on me. And based on that incident, they uh, they accused me of it. They accused, yeah. So, a couple of stories are accurate. How, how were they able to pinpoint the stories with you? Did you, somebody that knew you help write that, or did they come holler at you? Like, what was that about? What, the, the wire? Yeah. Uh, no, that was, I think they got that just from them uh, trying to put a puzzle together. Say no more. Some of it was accurate, though, right? Some of it, some of it? Maybe. Maybe. 1% of it. Oh, uh, my God. 1%. Have you, ever, have you ever watched the show? The why? I've seen, like, bits and pieces of the episode, you know, because they, I, I think the why was coming on, what, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock? 10 mm -hmm. o'clock. And at that time, you know, 10 o'clock, they changed the rules. We used to stay out to 12, 10 o'clock, we're in the bed. You know, we're in our cells, not necessarily in the bed, right? But, so I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never really seen the whole thing. Okay. But you got, you got calls about it. You got calls about it. They, you know, they, they spoke to you about it. What they? No, no, I never got no? calls. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, well. No, no. I don't know how they could, you know, I don't know how they could attach you to that, but you know, hey, they're just trying to put pieces together. They put pieces together. Yeah. You know, they always come up wrong, you know. They don't know yeah, what's don't know going on. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, the snitch have lied to them and shit like that, just to get a check. Snitches told them that, you think, too? Huh? You think people, uh... Yeah, they got informants out there, man. They got informants. The TV surprised. show? No, no. The uh, police. The police. Oh, okay. I mean, the, the, uh, Ed Burns, and he was the police. He's the co-producer of the show. David Simons, and they, they was ex-cops, homicide detectives. Matter of fact, they was part of my federal case, Ed Burns. He was a deputized uh, joint anti-Rudy task force. Mm. So that's where he got his knowledge and information from you. Even when they can't beat you in the uh, in the courtroom, they beat you up in the newspaper and on TV, man. Did you, you, did you sue them? No, nah, I didn't sue them. Because it would have been a waste of time. That's a click, man. You know, They're going to protect each other. And all. You know, and one thing I don't do, I don't waste my time like that. I wrote books and stuff while I was in. I wrote plays. And... Final question from me. Um... What do you, coming home, right? You know, we definitely want to know what, what you're going to do now. But coming home and seeing all this stuff, what is your outlook on everything that's going on today? And what do you have to tell the youth out there that read your story or watch the show and want to emulate these things that they see? It's a dead end. Uh, it's a dead end street. I don't care how good you are. I thought I was good, you know. I came from nothing. I had passports and stuff like that, you know, going in other countries. And, but eventually, if you stay in the game, especially nowadays, it's different nowadays. Bro. It's more rats in the game than real people, you know, legitimate, you know. 
So if you stay in the game, you're going to get killed or you're going to jail for a long time. And it's not worth it. And that's not where the money is anymore. The money is in entertainment. Selling clothes, selling rap, rhymes, selling style, hip-hop, and images. That's where the money is. So you can make more money doing that. It might take a little longer, you know, but it's worth it. And you're going to have more fun, you know. Don't be in no hurry to uh, be rich and all that. Because once you get there, you ain't got nothing else to do, then you're bored. And you start using drugs. You start running with all kinds of dangerous women and messing school with other people, women, and hanging out in the clubs and all that. Because you ain't got nothing to do, you know. So, you know, don't be in no hurry to get there. Enjoy the work, you know. If you enjoy the work and all that, you only realize you ain't got time to play with the toys. So go where the money goes. Stop dealing drugs. That's their that's their uh that's their game, you know. It's always been their game, but now it's obvious their game. They making all the money on. You know? TV shows on Discovery, you know, these gangs and all that. Now they making big money off them. You know, they keeping it going. You know? The drug game was on, on life support, you know, and they giving it oxygen to keep it alive because they benefit more than we benefit off. They give you a year, you make, say, $10 million, get a mansion and all that. They catch you, they take all that, and they split it up, man. Yeah, you, you you look out the window or whatever down the street, here's the uh, the cop, the commissioner, driving your Maserati. Hmm. <laughs> it happened in Baltimore. Yeah. You know? So they really, really, you know, uh, profited more off the drug game than we are. You know? But young dudes out there, they so caught up, you know, in trying to show, you know, who they are, you know, in the identity, false identity, you know. They mm-hmm. didn't stop to think about that. The identity is being handed to them from the TV, you know. What they see on there, they got the tattoos and all that. Just... So stop and think, you know, and uh, be evaluate, you know. Don't lose your heart. Don't lose your intelligence and all that. But be smart. You know. You know. Because you know. we are we are the smartest people, the most creative people. Yeah. We created hip hop. Talk you know? about it. We dominate the performance end, but the business end, we coming up short, man. They making all the money. So we gotta learn and make all the money too. You know? Stop giving us our intellectual property. You know, our content. Give it to them. Because we guys don't know what to do with it, man. Mm. And we competing against each other so much, you know. I'm trying to outdo uh, G-Money. You know, flip. <laughs> you flipping G-Money trying to outdo me. You know? <laughs> so we looking, we looking horizontal, you know, and they looking down on us and shit. Mm. We making everybody rich for us, man. We not rich. We want to be wealthy, man, you know. So that's my message to the young kids. I think, Write some books, make some movies or something. 
And part two of this question is, you know, since you've been home, like, what's your plan now? Like, what's going on with you now? I'm in the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go where the money is, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, in the entertainment business, from a movie star, I get shot, you know? They're going to say cut. I get my $20 million check, I'm going home. Facts. In the real world that I, you know, the streets, mm -hmm. I get shot, I'm going in the ground, man. I want them youngest to know that, man. If you get popped, you're going to jail for a long time. In the movies, you know, you get popped, they'll take your handcuffs off, take you in the back, and, and you go home. You Yo, he like that actor, man. He like an actor, man. Um. Uh, I'm trying to get his name. <laughs> I'm going to get his name. He like the actor, man. Oh. <laughs> what movie he played in? Not Michael Earliest. Let me see. Somebody said that before. Let me see, let me see. What's his name? Michael Ely, the one with in Takers. Oh, my, oh, Michael. Like the green eyes. I need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, ain't got no bald head though. No, nah, ain't got no bald yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you gotta give him a few more months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael, what was his last name? Michael Ely. I just yeah. see him in. Uh, I just watched him in something recently. What was I watching? This was Netflix. No, not him. Nah, no, not him. Him. Yeah, Michael Ailey. Nah, yeah. it's another guy that's bald. Did he get the bald head, maybe? I don't know. You gotta get... Nah, there's <laughs> another guy that's bald head that he looked like, man. The actor, man. Come on, stop playing, man. You talking about Peoples from um, Shaft? He talking with his voice like this. Ah, oh, shit. You talking about Peoples from Shaft, bro. Let me see if I got it for you. Let me see. <laughs> if it's him, I'm probably... I'll be, I'll be on the movies. You talking about him? Nah, man. <laughs> it's a bald-headed guy. Well, he, he bald-headed now. Yeah, he like, uh, nobody he, know him? He, he bald-headed now. That's older. Nah, get uh, out of here, G. Help him out, Stoney. Bald-headed. Damn, what, what movie is I don't watch too much. Uh, this guy's in a movie, in, in shows and sh Damn. Forget it. Shatik. When, when, when it comes to you, y'all put it in the, in the uh, you got to edit it, the video on, the, um, on, the, on YouTube. Damn. All right. Oh man. Hold on. <laughs> you ain't got it, bro. I don't got you it. Ain't ain't got got it. it. <laughs> okay. I can't give you the he cool. You, 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 don't, you don't pass him on them like that, man. You gotta deserve that, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Yeah. You gotta say something cool first. I am. Yeah. Yo, listen. You're in entertainment. Can you introduce who are the people you here with? Her. That's boss lady. Boss lady. Shout out to mm -hmm. boss lady. He was uh Elite management. She's a manager. She got her own management, management company. company. Okay, dope. So Sister Stoney right here. Okay, Sister Stoney. Can we put the camera on? Uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, that's Stoney right there. Stoney mm -hmm. is like a rap genius. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In my opinion, she's better than all of them out there. Mm. She's a rapper from where? From Baltimore, New York, by way of New York. <laughs> she's born in... New York, raised in Baltimore. What okay. part of New York? Okay. Oh, Lord. Be next. Uh, how did you find her? Or how did they find you? Oh, we was uh, in a restaurant. I was coming to see a friend, and we was conversation. It was just, and uh, I think we started talking. I was giving a play at the time. I gave my card, 
asked them would they like to be in the play. Stoney said yeah. Mm-hmm. And she came through like a champ. Really? In the late minute, yeah, she came mm-hmm. through, you know. It's a powerful performance too. It's electrifying. You uh-huh. gotta see it. Okay, okay. Come sit here real quick, Stormy. Okay, let me in. Yeah, put the cam on Stoney. She right here. What's up? Hi. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? How you feeling? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Fifth Script Podcast, man. I'm happy to be here. So so this so this young gentleman said uh he, he, he saw you came through in the clutch. You, you, did, you did one of his plays? Yeah, he um, had a play called Everything That Glitters Ain't Gold. And he was like, look, this is a last-minute role. Can you, like, do you know how to act? And I was like, yeah, I know how to act. And he was did like. Did you know how to act? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I know how to act. And I was like, I can learn it. He sent me the script. I got it down, like, in an hour while we was there. Maybe less than that. Mm. Yeah. And, and dominated so you got yeah. you got history in acting. You went to acting school, or you, yeah. you just no? I haven't went to acting school, but I just have history in doing a few roles and stuff. Okay, okay. And so you you, you rap also? You say? Yep, I'm an artist. So what yeah. what makes him what makes him feel like you know so confident about you? So he said you're the best rapper out of everybody. Like what what makes him believe that? Like what what did you do to make him <laughs> feel that way? <laughs> She's I mean, I think that he he you know he liked my music. I I believe that you know. He, he fucks with the vibes. Like, he mm. knows that it's sincere, it's real. There's no cap in my rap, you know? Mm. And it's you got to be all put together, you know? Like, he right. sees the full package. And he's like, yeah, you got that. And I'm very confident, so. Okay, I said, okay. <laughs> I, I hold, I hold, I hold, hold myself down. down. So, yeah. when, you, when you met him, did you know um, about him and his story and things like that? Or you just kind of... So when I first met him, I didn't know. And when we got in the car, my sister was like, do you know who you just met? And I was like, no. And she was like, that's Rudy Williams. Like, he's mm. legendary in Baltimore. Mm. And I looked him up because I'm like one of those creep type people. Like, I need to know what's up. Right, right. And I was like, wow. Like, I'm with the unofficial mayor of Baltimore. All right, so like, you like that out there, man? He is before <laughs> BMF, you know what I'm before saying? That, like, right? he, before all that, that's the real OG. Okay, I respect it. I like how he's humble, too. I like how he just sits there, he takes all his flowers, and he's not trying to, like, amp it. He let everyone talk for him. Absolutely. He don't have to edify himself. I like it. Edify himself. He ain't got to do that. He got us. He, he got the world. He got big words. <laughs> So, 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 how can people check the music? Yeah, I said, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. I was going to yeah, yeah. go, hey, you was. <laughs> you know the ladies, y'all, you know the ladies, y'all, you know the ladies. Oh, my, my God. My queens ran away from me. All right, but. G-Money, he go with the ladies. So, plug plug your music, plug your, um, you know, your, your social media, and all that so they can check you yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Follow me on everything. At I'm Stoney Marie. I'm on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Music, you know, everything. Everything you can find me at Stoney Marie. So what kind of what kind of artist are you though? Like you, you want you want some like new type of time or some old type of time? Like could you could you pull out bars at the at the, at the back pocket and just you know I, what I'm saying? I like make, I make music. I'm, you know, the, I, I'm stepping in now. Yes. She, she can pull out bars. Just let us a little bit. Of, I mean, we can't play the beat. We can't really play because YouTube. We can't really put no. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I might have some beats on it. I could. That's not. That's not YouTubeified. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I make music for the bad bitches. Are you able to pull up my song? We yeah, can, pull up a song. You want to play something? Yeah. Come in, it's mine. At the, at the yeah. Wi-Fi? Right, at the Wi-Fi? Or you want to play it on that joint? It's on, I'm on iTunes, Apple Music. I love how y'all say the U's no, and all that. Like iTunes. Oh, that's on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. But he said he can't do YouTube. Oh. No, I'm just saying, well, well, the music is... So, so, you 
because this goes on iTunes. Because the copyrights, you, right? Exactly. Right. You know, we yeah. Copyright infringement. That's why but, I was saying, if you could put some bars in the back pocket and just, you know what I'm saying, go with some, like a little but, but gee, hold on. 16 you know, or something. She may be a little nervous. No, she said she's confident. That's why, that's why I threw it out yeah, there like that. Okay, but you said we can't do no beats or nothing. I know. We got acapella, right? Camera's on. You want you, what I'm saying? I'm you you can do yours. If, if, do rap freestyle. She can do one of her songs. She can do a freestyle. You know what I'm saying? He tried. He tried. I'm just saying. The people that's tuning on probably want to say, let me, let me hear if she's official before they go get the music. Check out. I, I mean, I got y'all. I, I got one of my favorite freestyles. I wish I had the beat because it would just be harder, but right, right, right. Um, I got y'all for real. You can do a little snippet. You can do the whole joint. I mean, we can do acapella for real. It's only like a little slick little A little snippet of song, you know, for right. people that's tuning in for the script podcast exclusive. All right, y'all. This is one of my favorite freestyles. Are y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. I don't get fucked by none of that shit. None of them bitches. None of that dick. None of my exes on none of that shit. Mm. None of them hoes when they see me do shit. Mm. Iced on my neck because I'm really that bitch. Mm. Pulled off the lot, had to upgrade my whip. Mm. Hopped in the bins, had to flex my shit. Bitches just mad because they thought they was it. That was cool. Talk about it. Talk about it. Let's go. Okay. Flash it. Okay. okay. All Talk about it. All that flash. Yeah. <laughs> G-Money. Yo. So, so what can we expect from you next? You got any shows coming up? Anything else? Any more yes, plays? Yes. Um, I just wrapped up a movie. Um, I have a show in a week and a half in North Carolina. Okay, um, okay. I'm pretty much booked for February. So oh, March is open. My oh, <laughs> so far. Not bad. Booked and busy, huh? Booked and busy. I definitely so. been been working. Okay. Right. So you got a slot in the upcoming uh Preakness racetrack festivals. Oh. That's like the biggest like one of the biggest events yeah. in um Baltimore. Where? It's like the horse racing. Okay. The Preakness, they do it every year. Rudy, you know. It's called what? Pre- Preakness. Preakness. Yeah. Okay. Between Rudy and Boss Lady, they be having me booked. Mm. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, is there more people part of this, this team or is just her right now for the management? Management team. Boss Lady? Is there any more artists a part of it or just right now focus on Stone? I want both ladies sit there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to switch. I'm such a bad friend. Well, get your ass over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the script. Yeah, yeah. Come here, girl. You want to do it? Come on, boss, know, They know she got to do it. Ass over there, I'll just lady. make the magic. Shut your ass up and sit oh, down, girl. What's lady? What's up? What's up? Lady, put respect on your name. Oh, you're making girl. it happen. It's already yeah. got respect on it. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, boss lady, that shit jumping, boss lady. Look at you. I told you. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to the platform, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. You know what I'm saying? So, how did how did you tell everybody how did you meet this this gentleman right here? How did you guys get started working together? Um. I was with another Baltimore legend at the time that I met him. You can speak on the name, or is just that's just history. You don't have to. I'm just. No, I don't have to speak on him, but he's he's also a a big great man in um Baltimore. Okay. That's how I met him. As you said, we was in um. I'm a shout out Sharif's though, because you know everybody can use the promo. Mm, we yeah. was in Sharif's. I'm in Baltimore, and he came in. Rudy is a ladies' man. Yeah, you see, look at that. You <laughs> He's see a that? ladies' man, so <laughs> Let's go. he got mesmerized off mm. the top, I think, with Stoney Marie over here, for real. Mm. And um, and we just, I think we haven't really been separated since then. Mm. Um, yeah, we really just became family in such a short span of time. And then, you know, um, I know quite a few people, too. So we just got this thing moving. So when did you start the, the uh, management team? 
Uh, we started it and actually started in Florida. It's about three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, three years ago, none of this was in existence. Um, Stoney never rapped a day in her life. Um, mm. I have a beautiful artist named Naya Monet. She looks like a, 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 a Barbie doll, like a black Barbie. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is, and let, me, let, me, let me wind back a little bit, how this really started, because we were in a car. Me and my sister was always in a car, and we would listen to music, and I would be like, this shit is trash. Like, we could do this shit for real. Mm-hmm. What was it, like, 2020? So this is really short. Mm. Did nothing. Like, so we would just be in a car, like, you know, this is garbage. So one day, um, I think this really came by, by way of prayer for real, too, because... She see how much I do for everybody else, and she was just like, "Yo, I just want to take care of you," cause she has a wonderful backstory, mm. um, and she's on her way to stardom. So one day she'll really be out here and giving everybody that backstory. Um, but she prayed. She she prayed. She wanted to take care of me. Wow. And um, <clears throat> she started writing, and one day she sent. I think it was beatbox, and I was like, "Hold on," but, you know, I, I see money. I could see money within a piece of dust. So I'm like, okay, so I said, I think we might be on to something. And she um, wrote this shit. And I was like, yo, keep it this. So now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, shit, I went and bought everything. When I say everything and we didn't have nothing, um, we set up a studio at home. I had a seven-bedroom in Florida at the time. Oh, so hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, fault. My bad. I, I didn't realize it was like that. Uh. Yeah. So at the time, I had a yeah, I had a, a humongous house, and um, so we just started breaking these rooms down in the house. Like one was a studio, one was a photography area. Um, we started making clothes and outfits because she was sending me uh photo shoots of what people wanted to do, and I was like, man, this shit is garbage. I'm a um, now I'm gonna take your photos. Never touch the camera. She's a photographer too. Mm. Realtor, all of this. Um. But anyway, so she showed me how to work the camera. I'm old. And I, and I, no, no, and I'm an old, I got a grandson and I'm an uh, old grandma. That don't mean, that don't mean, that don't mean yes. you're old though. Like, Na- nowadays, like, nowadays, that don't, that don't mean you're old nowadays. We have no, no, and that's why I'm telling you I'm you an know? old grandma. Cause I'm like on, a, no, like almost on the other side of 45. You know what I'm saying? So I'm an old grandma. Um, shout out to Ace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I, I, I ain't gonna hold y'all. I popped the perk that night, and I Whoa. and I got on the floor, and I, I started. Mm. I mean, I, <laughs> and I got on that floor. Yeah, dude. Like when you're a photographer, yo, we started hitting this stuff. So I started getting graphic, um, everything. Like I got licensed to do like the graphics. I bought everything, jolly legit, and. I took the pictures, she fixed them up, and they looked at just like people wanted seven, eight hundred dollars. So mm. her, for her first cover, it took this guy like two weeks or three weeks or something. We was willing to pay, because I'll pay. Right. He couldn't even get it done. So I said, you know, I'm not doing that no more. We're going to figure this out. All her album covers, if you follow and go on YouTube, I'm Stoney Marie. She did all that. She do all wow. her covers. Um, and it's just really, and I have, I have a son that's 19 years old. He's a super producer at 19. He just turned 19 in September. Um, he has a lot of placements with, um, if you're a big artist in Baltimore, he's he's on at MCM. 
Mm. He's only 19. So really, it became a power circle. We call ourselves the big three because we figured it out. Uh, my son has only been a, a producer engineer for about a year now. He has about 10 placements. Wow. Super producer. All the mixing that you guys are here, the recordings he's done, and we have a studio in our house now. Recording studio in the house. Um, so be doing okay. Wow. Okay. I, I, I can see why this this makes sense. I, I, the, yeah. old, the OG, the, you know, the hard workers, you know, the big three, I, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So we getting it done. What can we expect from you guys next, man? What's going on with the big three? What can we expect? And, and my man, you know. Um, the Rudy Williams story. Hmm. The movie. Um, he has many books, so we hope to go into a series with that. With Rudy. Uh, for Stoney Marie, mixtape dropping soon. Um, but follow her at um, I'm Stoney Marie. She has tons of content on there. Um, like she said, she just finished a movie about to move on to another movie, Be More Careful, coming up by Shannon Holmes. Mm, be and, more <laughs> so the team is moving. Wow. It's moving. And it's very okay. militant. It's very tight. And it's um, everyone here prays and we love on one another. We forgive one another. We look at the solution and not the problem. So mm. I believe that's where our success is coming from, you know, for so fast. So if anybody is watching right now and be more that, that want to contact you or be a part of this movement, you're looking for new artists, new content, new, new you know, producers, DJs, anything, how do they, or is this, this is, this is it, big three, they're closed in? You can reach, you can reach me at uh, big three ENT on Instagram or I'm boss lady at, I'm no, excuse me, I am not anything but boss lady because I'm different. Um, but it's Boss Lady, B O Z Z L A D I. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I gotta just tell him one thing, man. I don't. I can't tell him? No. Why? We can, we can take anything. They don't deserve everything. They don't deserve everything. No, you can't come back with that. Give it to us. Come on, this is episode 200. Let's go. Yeah, the trick. They're trying to use that again. 200. Let's go. Don't give it to them, G, please. They're cool, man. No, no, no. They're cool. No, no. They're cool. They're cool, man. No, we got a good one for y'all. Since y'all, okay. No, 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 no. They're cool. All three of them, man. How you get three cools in one time? Big three. First time. We earned that. Okay, so I'm going to tell y'all something. So, no, 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 no. Because if you guys can't, you know, give us what we earned, because we earned this shit, this Right now, right? Mm. So if y'all can't give it, you got to play a game. Both of y'all. Who no, wants to go first? Oh. Who wants to go first? What game? You gonna, how you going to put the script what's, on us? What's the game? Love, kill, or fuck? Fuck, marry, kill. Fuck, oh. marry, kill. I'll play oh. that. Wow. I had a, come on, I, I had come a little on. thing for him to answer to it. But I, I, I'm, I'm with that. Go ahead. All right. Give it to him. Give it to him. Who who he need to fuck, marry, or kill? Woo. Give him his three. Hmm. Nice, what we doing? Female rappers? Let's do the three from last night. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Okay, you ready? Uh, He's taking it for the team right now. I'm going. Oh, come, hey, come on, dude. What's that? Buzzle, right. buzzle so game? What's that shit on the Buzzy? Buzzy game. Oh, Buzzy. Oh, oh. Oh, shit on the All right, so dollar, man. you got to pick who you would fuck, who you would marry, I know how the game works. and who you would kill, right? So, Lil' Kim, brothers. Foxy Brown, and Eve. Oh, ho, ho. yo, you know what? I was with the game, and so now y'all thinking about artists, and I'm thinking about like the scene on camera who I would kill. That's yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Now you gotta give, you gotta give us hours now. That's kind of crazy. 
You said Kim, Foxy, and Eve. Mm-hmm. Fuck, marry, or kill one. Mm-hmm. Damn. It really sounds crazy to say you and kill somebody on camera. Like, oh. All right, so let's say, who who we, who we, who we marrying? Let's go and marry first. Let's say the kill for last. They're gonna kill me in the comments, you know what I'm saying? And it's might gonna repost us and be like, oh, you say gonna kill Um Alright, so Kim, Foxy, you I think I'm gonna marry We're gonna marry Eve. Give yourself a round of applause. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was a good thing. Let's go. <laughs> um, and you know she, I know she evolved. It, you know what I'm saying? She, she, she just. She's Ah man, I think this next next the the the, the fuck one is gonna be kind of obvious. I just think. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you gonna kill Foxy, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you gonna kill Foxy, G? Oh, gee! <laughs> I gotta fuck Kim, man. Oh. <laughs> Little Kim, you know what I'm saying? Hardcore to cover with the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. You gotta, yeah, how you throw lips at the, handle it. I did a party, I, I put crew twice. I can't, you know, we can't kill Kim. I was at the crib. You know? Yo, everybody's killing Foxy this week. What's I mean, doing? I mean, <laughs> shout, shout to Foxy, man. I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to, it's just, you know, it had to answer the question. Man. It's part of the joint. I can't really. Okay, it's oh. your time. I don't answer those questions. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you then. Sign, sign out. We, we, you know, get, 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 your, get your final praises. Get, 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 get your final praises. Pack it up. <laughs> I don't answer those questions, boss lady. I like boss lady. I don't answer those. You can't always put like that. I answer the for us. You he going to hold us a favor then. Yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. We can't close it out because we earned what y'all got to give us. Episode two. He did. That, that was the... Oh, okay. Yeah, All the, right. The cool, See, he didn't pay attention. The, the cool, I the, wanted the, more. I know. Uh, what? You even allow the one? No. <laughs> <laughs> they said they cool, man. The cool, the cool is, you know, we don't. Everybody will get the cool, man. You Thank know? you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So, we appreciate you guys. Next time, we hope to see Stony Marie and Rudy C. Yeah. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank uh, you. We appreciate. Saw the boss lady one time. Boss lady in the building. Hold on, Rudy. Okay. You gonna sign? You gonna start signing? This I'm, fit, doing, well, since, I'm a grandma. Yeah, I'm a grandma. That's my phone, girl. Like, that's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so since we, you know, oh, dude, you about to ask a lot. no, it's it's funny how she had like a little game. I had like a little final five question. Oh, wanted, gee, I wanted to ask yeah, Rudy, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. on the closeout. I had a little final five I wanted to do today. You know what I'm saying? Just quick questions. So you just, uh-huh. I'm gonna ask a question and answer real quick. You know what I'm saying? Something light though. It's not too crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, question number one: best food place in Baltimore. Just came home, man. He didn't know what was going I on. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. That's the first question. tough. He eat food? Everybody, came home, G. Everybody eat food? G, you cold-blooded. I'm not cold watching. You know? <laughs> if I'm in Baltimore, where am I going to eat food at? Can we come back to that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. tough. All right, cool. I'm, I'm going to give you one that's a little bit easier then. Scariest block or town in Baltimore? Scariest block. You can't walk down this block. Which block is that? Or what town is that? I would say, uh, it's quite a few of them. I would say uh, Pennsylvania North. Pennsylvania North? Yeah. I would say Belvedere and Park Heights. My son got killed up there in November. Okay. 
November right shortly after we had to play. Okay. So that's a pretty, pretty tough block. Rest peace to your son, man. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Yeah, condolences. Most popular celebrity from, from Baltimore. Javante Davis. He just came home, man. What you mean? <laughs> he, he, he said he in tune with everything. Most popular that. celebrity from... Uh, Who reps your town? Oh, you talking about... Celebrity. The fighter. The fighter. The fighter. Javante? Yeah, he's probably most popular. Yeah, I'm a Texan. Yeah, I'm a Texan. I told you, yeah. Okay. Um, best best tourist area in B-more? Harbor East. The Harbor. Okay. Last question. Well, you skipped the first one. Best, best food place. Where you go to eat? What's your favorite food spot in B-more? I would say Rosa. Rosa. Rosa? On Light Street, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What they got in Rosa? What kind of food? Soul food? Seafood. Okay. Soul food. <clears throat> Some of everything. All right, last question. My friend Mark on it. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Mark. Big Mark. Rosa. What up? Yeah. Okay, last question. Since you're a ladies' man, I want to know who your celebrity crush is. G Money, this is I just came home. Make us into an old school joint, man. That's In fine. The 90s, like, shot in somebody. I want to hear that then. If you got that thing. I got it. Who's your, who's your celebrity your crush? Right, you, right trying, you trying to get me in trouble, too, huh? No, no, no. I'm not no, saying who you're going to go. I ain't trying to say who you're going to fucking marry you right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> Don't say her. No. Don't say her. I can't say her. I can't say her. <laughs> That's business. He ain't messing the business up like that. He's a smooth guy, though. <laughs> who's your celebrity crush, man? Anybody. Okay. Gee, he just can't hold you. Aisha Dias. Aisha Dias? Yeah. She was on Love and Hip Hop. She's she's on uh, Instagram. She's real popular. You, you follow her? You on her page? I followed her for <laughs> thousand years. <laughs> that's what's up, bro. All right, that's that's good. Good answers, man. That's good stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to see what it is right now, right? That name's not familiar though. This, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, okay. Oh, that's that's no, good. That's pretty okay. good. Okay, I like it. So you like her? You think she's cool? She's super pretty. Gorgeous. Interesting. Okay. Nice. All right. Social media. You have any social media that you can give us up? Give up? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, mm-hmm. Rudy Williams, Facebook, uh, Rudy Williams or Lenny Williams, and YouTube. I don't have a YouTube channel, but I got all kinds of stories on, you know. Gotcha. YouTube. So Instagram is just Rudy Williams at Rudy Williams. Yeah. No. Yeah. I need the right name, ladies. Stop playing with me. All right. Thank you. Round of applause for my man. Yes. Rudy. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Baltimore City, Baltimore. New York. Yes. G money. Hmm? G money. Flip. Thank you. Thank Boss you. Boss ladies. Stoney. Stoney, boss lady. Tammy Tucker. Tammy, what's up? And everybody else back in the city. Uh-huh. One time for the Came out here late, pardon me, y'all, for the time. Yeah, G, sound us out, man. Yeah, man, dope episode. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all like, subscribe. Make sure you uh, comment. Make sure you share. We are back. Flip the Script Podcast. It's been a while. Make sure you follow the page at DJG Money. One, uh, damn, I changed the page. I forgot. At DJG Money Official. At Queens Flip with a Z. 
at Flip the Skip Pod. Shout out to my partnership today, you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, Lord. Braveheart Edition, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the homie King PIB one time. Uh, also, don't forget, we got the, I didn't tell you either, but we do have the Flip the Script Pod TikTok page. It's up now. I know we kind of behind. We should have been had one, but it's up now. So if you're on TikTok, go follow the page at Flip the Script Pod. I'm going to be posting up uh, all of the uh, clips from the old episodes, new episodes, everything. So go follow right now. Make sure you subscribe and all that other stuff on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Yo, <clears throat> dope episode, Queens Flip. Yeah. Shout out to everybody in the building. Shout out to my man, Shatik. Shatik. Shout out to everybody, uh, Beats on Films, um, for making, you know, helping us put this together. That's a fact. Um, dope episode, dope episode. Uh, we back. Feels good. Follow me on Instagram. I know what it is. Um, remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds. Wait, hold on. Before we do that, URLTV.tv. I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Smack. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Battle rap, yo. Yeah, everything's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. And if you see a man like Rudy on your lawn, put it away. He doesn't mean any harm. <laughs> yeah. But don't forget that he may cause you harm. I'm from Quince. <laughs>